right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us for episode 24, Spirits with Spirits. I'm your host, John Watkins, with our gracious co-host, all the way from California again, Mr. David Lowell. How are we doing tonight, David? Pretty good, man. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Got new things happening. Excited for tonight's show. Uh, with all mm-hmm. that excitement, I don't want to forget, let me throw this out there. We're going to thank Anchor, our one and only sponsor as of right now. Anchor allows us to take the audio portion of this live cast, put it out there to everybody through places like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, um, getting Apple, uh, iTunes, getting ready on our, for our show too, uh, get that out there for all those, uh, iPhone users. Uh, but thank you. They do that completely free for us. And like I said, they actually sponsor us like every percent watches. We get like a penny. So it's nice. <laughs> or not watches, but listens. Uh, thank you for Anchor for doing that for us. I also want to thank restream cause they allow us to multi task out here and put us out to a bunch of different places like our Spirit to Spirits page, uh, DLive, Twitch, Twitter, uh, Vaughn Live, where you can watch all all from those places live and, and chime in with us. And if you do want to chime in, don't hesitate. Click the link on the top, get you a little FaceTime with us. Or you can call in at 719-745-0691, which we are going to have a special guest tonight uh, calling in around 7.30 my time, 6.30 Pacific was that 9:30 east coast time out there? 9:30 east coast, yeah. Yeah, so uh going to be going to be an interesting show. We got some uh of course topics for after we t- uh talk with our special guest, but man, day out. How excited are you about tonight? Oh, I am I'm as nervous as a tree in a lassie movie. It's uh <laughs> <laughs> it, I got I got to tell you, I'm real I'm real excited to meet this guy and um, just anticipating this, our first actual interview on the show. Um, hopefully hopefully the first of many. Yeah. Definitely looking um, for more to come. But yeah, I was just, I was amazed at how we, you know, how I found him, talked to him. He's willing to talk to us. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen. When we ask the questions, I have no, no idea what kind of responses we're going to get. Going to be completely raw. <laughs> it's going to be completely candid, and um, yeah, we, we didn't give any like test questions or anything like that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but so so yeah, and we're you know if you if you guys out there want to ask him a question, yeah, please um, mess. You please know, feel free to to chime in on the message. Um, and chat with us and let us know, and then we can turn around and ask him the questions. Uh, those of you that um, don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> um, if you haven't been following the Facebook page, we're talk- We're going to be having uh, Mr. Ralph Sarchi on tonight. Uh, he is a, an, a known demonologist. Uh, right. Started off as a, a, a New York police NYPD detective. NYPD detective, yeah. Uh, so it, it's, it's going to be an interesting take. I mean... Uh, I have, I have, man. I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm a little yeah. nervous at the same time, but I'm, I'm interested to see what, what kind of knowledge this guy throw, throws down. I'm, I'm interested and to what, see how stupid I feel after. <laughs> I mean, this, oh, and this is the thing. I mean, shit. after we, we had the discussion <laughs> of what a demonologist does versus an exorcist, yeah, a few weeks ago, I'm really interested to know if we were full of crap. 
or you know if we had some things right yeah yeah you know you know um, because all we're going is based on whatever research we did and our own feelings our own opinions yeah but um and then you know i asked him i did a preliminary interview with him a couple weeks ago and the the answers that i got for him were from him were really interesting um and uh we'll we'll touch on that when we talk to him but how I got to know, and I don't know if anybody out there knows the name Ralph Sarchi, but um, as a demonologist, he's he's worked with Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, he's been involved. You know, he had a TV series, documentary. He has a book, and um, there's the movie "Deliver Us from Evil." Deliver us from evil. Um, I enjoyed the movie. Starring. Starring Eric Bana and Edgar Ramirez, and that is um, inspired by the events of his life. Eric Bana plays Ralph Sarchi in yeah. the movie, so that's how I first got to know the name. Yeah, it, was by by watching the movie and going, okay, now I need to know more about Ralph Sarchi and yeah. you know what happened to him. And then um, there's there's a book out. The same title, Deliver Us From Evil. Um, and, you know, we're going to touch on that. But uh, I'm God, I'm jazzed. I'm really excited to, to talk to him and just kind of see if we can pick his brain a little bit. Um, yeah. Get I, an idea of, of what he does and, you know, how, I'd how, like to get I, it, I his mindset in, going how in, in. How involved he still is in right. being a demonologist, too. It's it, Right. We get an and, hour. Yeah. We get an hour with them, which is yeah. It feels short, <laughs> but yeah. You know, I'd love to have him on the show all three hours, of course, and just pick this guy's brain for three hours. But it, I, I really want to know how much he stays involved with demonology. If he's still, you know, helping people. If he's still going out there and learning more about demons and things of that sort. Uh, Dude, how big is his catalog? You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, just by, you know, the stuff that I've seen, you know, documentaries and the TV series and whatnot, I mean, he's done quite a bit over the last, what, 20 years or so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, not to mention he was an NYPD detective for 17 or 18 years prior to um, going into demonology. Oh, yeah. He was a 20-year vet. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be really neat. I really, um, uh, I, you know, number one, I hope we don't shit the bed talking to him <laughs> because I don't want to make it. <laughs> I know I don't want us to look stupid, but I know that we're going to do it. Um, it's part of the show, folks. <laughs> it's part of the show. It's just, you know, we're doing it for fun. We're not really getting paid. The uh, penny of you. Yeah. We haven't made enough to buy a beer yet. Yeah, 325, but buddy. We almost got it. We almost, we, got, we almost it. got enough for a beer. Um, but we're going to have to split it. You or get two straws it. or something. Uh, but but this this man, um, 
uses, and he'll he'll elaborate more, but he uses the Bible, he uses the power of the Lord to help people who are suffering from demonic influence. That's going to be interesting because that's another thing I want to ask him is, you know, when, when I was doing my research on demonologists when we did the show a couple weeks ago, when demonologists catalog their demons, they also catalog which religious background they belong to. So I'm wondering how many religious backgrounds he's found other, or how many demons he's actually found from other backgrounds, and if that changes on how he deals with the demon, or if he has to go get help from someone else from that religious background to deal with the demon. You know what I mean? So it's I'm kind of yeah. interested in that too. You know, because he's very much Christian. I guess. Yeah, I I believe so. Catholic, Catholic at least. Yeah. Um. I mean, judging by he's you know, I you know I've been to his I've been to his page. I go through his prayers and stuff, which is really really cool. But he's he's do he does the Lord's prayers. He does our fathers. Yeah. So I'm thinking he's Catholic just by yeah the um yeah. just yeah I'm thinking it's Catholicism just by. Um, the nature of his prayers and the way he speaks. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I, I'm gonna I'm love this. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm really, I'm really gonna enjoy how. I'm just gonna love getting this guy's feedback on everything. And right, I just have this feeling. I'm a, I'm gonna feel very uneducated talking to him. Right, you know, it's in. I'm not the. And I tell everybody all the time, and I tell people I say this on the show, I don't know everything. This is... No. <laughs> I this do my just, research. You know, you know? And, that's, and that's kind of the, the biggest thing for me is we're going we're going to learn firsthand... What a demonologist is. What a demonologist does. You know, whereas, you know, before we were... We just did research and theory and conjecture on our part. Yeah. And feelings of how, you know, watching movies and reading books and things like that, we get our own view of what a demonologist does. I, I want to know how much of that is BS versus how much is actually true, or does it even go beyond that, what they show in the movies? Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't, I wonder. I hope he has a sense of humor about the stuff. I, I hope he has a sense of humor, too. <laughs> <laughs> really, just by the know, way that we talk, I don't know this it's, guy. You know, because we we're doing it all in fun, but I just you know, hope he can laugh at some I, stuff. You know, I think I I I hope so. It's just you know, I don't I don't know I I don't know how if he's got a, <laughs> a humorous bone. I hope he does. I'm I I really hope that there's some levity that yeah. we can that we can have during the show. But if not, I'll take I'll take serious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll take I'll take whatever we can get, All right, those, you know, those, to, to learn more about that, and are, hopefully it leads to more things. I'd love yeah. to lead it to more interviews, more, yeah. you know, talking to people who actually do this, investigate the paranormal, that actually do it, that are actual Native American shamans, that oh, are yeah. actual uh, exorcists. Yeah, if you know, I, I'm hoping this can lead to that, hey, to where we yeah. can actually. Pick I, the brain I, of all these people. I think my biggest thing that I want to get out of this is when we get done with the show, um, Ralph Sarchi likes Spirits of Spirits Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, but he and I are friends on Facebook, just so you know. I'm just, you know, I'm not. 
I'm not bragging or anything, but no. Um, but yeah, if I I would love to have him, and if from time to time he can shoot us a message or something, that would be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would love to continue. If this is the only time we get a chance to talk to him, then okay. But I'd love to, you know, if, I'd love if, to continue the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that to guy. even even further into the future, or you know, he's got connections into the paranormal. Maybe he could help us um, get in touch with people. Um, yeah, because I'd love to pick. I love picking people's brains. Like, oh yeah, me too. I want to. I want to know. I want the knowledge. I want to understand because you know I'm speaking of there. which. Six fifteen. Ralph Sarchi calling in right now. I guess I'm gonna answer this phone. Hello, hello. How are we doing? You've reached hey. John and Dave Lowe on Spirits Spirits. Is this Mr. Ralph Sarchi? Yeah, Dave. Who's this, Dave? No, this is John, uh, the other host for Spirits Spirits. John. we got Dave on here, too, though. Hi, Ralph. Okay, it's great. David. I'll call you back at 930. I just want to make sure that everything is good, um, that you can hear me and everything is going good here. Sounds, oh, yeah, perfect. So, you sound perfect, bud. Okay, great. So then I'll call you back at 9.30, all right? All right, perfect. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Hey, see you then. All right. Look, I even makes a test call. I'm so happy. (laughs) 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 Oh, that is so awesome. Uh, I am so marking out right now. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I got all red. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Woo! Like a girl on prom night. <laughs> I know, me too. Oh my goodness. Uh, so, those of you are joining, we are 15 minutes in. <laughs> if, go ahead and say hello. Let us know that you're with us. Uh, Please do. Ralph, Ralph Sarch, you just called in, just did a little testing. Uh, so awesome. So awesome. Just hearing that voice. Bam. That's great. That's great. That was so awesome! Can't wait. Got 15 minutes. I'm 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 already yes. <clears throat> yeah, um, I'm excited. Just uh, it's gonna be awesome. And I love it. I love it when my phone rings and it says Ralph Sarchi. <laughs> I know. It's like, how do you know? Oh, color ID. <laughs> Dude. Oh, this is great. This is oh, so great, man. So. If you guys are joining us, I see we got a couple people uh, watching right now. Say hello. Let us know who you are there. Uh, I love to say hi. I like to know who's listening and watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I know who I'm talking to um, besides me, Dave. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like talking to me that much. So if there's someone else that he can talk to, he'll be, he'll be happy. Oh, my God. And please, 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 when you guys are listening, when – when Ralph calls back in, type your questions in, man. As, as long as they're not, as long as they're not too outrageous. I mean, too we're out, we're gonna field. filter those. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we'll definitely ask. I was like, no no topic is off the table according to him, but he will refuse to answer if he chooses not to answer. Yeah. Um, but he said we could ask him any questions we want. But we're I, we're gonna filter what's coming in on the messages and. Uh, just in case, not not that you guys are vulgar or obscene or anything, but 
<laughs> we <Yeah>. just want to. <laughs> we want to make sure. I mean, and I hope I hope he understands. And you know, tell him in the beginning. This is our first interview. This is our first real interview. Well, so we uh, we apologize if it seems disorganized because. <laughs> I, I I know for a fact that you and I are going to probably talk over each other. Oh yeah, <laughs> and um, we'll have to we'll have to try not to do that. But um, maybe we maybe we alternate questions. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'll just point at you. <laughs> you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll point. I'll point at myself. I'll go. I'll, I'll go. Me, my turn. Um. But yeah, oh man, I'm so when he calls I'm back really in, when he calls back in, so they're because uh, you you have talked to him a lot more than I have. I'll 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 just point at you when I answer the phone and let you actually answer the phone. Let you start off on since you already built that relationship a little bit with him, and you are friends okay. with him on Facebook at all. Well, yeah. Yes, we are working yeah. out how we're, we're going to talk to this we are, guy. Since we are buddies <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> we are literally working out how we're going to talk to a guy <laughs> in our first interview <laughs> live. I, I told you <laughs> we were going to do it because it was like, you know, I got you know, I got to tell you, you know. And just so you guys are aware, nervous. we got on almost an hour before the show talking to each other. We still haven't figured it out. We still haven't figured out what we're going to – I mean, we got an idea of what we want to ask him, but – we have no idea. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm going to build off the responses that we get. You know, if he starts elaborating on a topic, I'm going to follow. I'm going to oh, go yeah. Yeah. into it. Um, you know, and if he cuts something off, then we'll change the subject. That That's how I'm going to judge it. I have some, you know, some test questions. I mean, I had the preliminary questions that I asked him, and I'm going to go over that a little bit. Then we'll, you know, then we'll move into the actual meat and potatoes. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Was that you or is that me? I think that was you. That wasn't me. Um, and um, on on my ghost tube, um, just before we started, I got the words "do not" three times. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that means, but well, I'm I'm using my phone here. For this, so I can't run my ghost tube. <laughs> right. Oh, you were going to use your daughter's. Yeah, no, but she came home and we had already started the show. So, oh, ghost tube closed on me. How rude! That's so awesome. All right, back on. <clears throat> I'm fanning. I'm, I'm fanboying over here for a minute. So, oh yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> So this is this well, is exactly I mean, like when I when I met Triple H, <laughs> oh. and got to talk with him. Oh, Rowdy Piper too. Talk right. about geeking out. Oh yeah. man, I re- met Rowdy Piper before he passed away. Just a great dude. This is like this is like when I met Plant and Page. Phenomenal. Just, yeah, it's just when you get that. Yeah, that when you get to talk to that person and you're just you find out how genuine they are and I mean at first, you know, the butterflies. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I'm just like my my stomach's in knots right now. Yeah. But um 
Oh, man, who else is excited? I'm excited. I'm Bring excited. Hands up if you're excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know how many other people are raising their hand, but I'm just going to say, I'm going to say, everybody watching right now, is both of you, um, you guys are excited. Oh man! <clears throat> so I try. I don't want to give away too much more about about what we want to talk about. Ralph Sarchi. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going to sit here for the next nine minutes waiting for it to call. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. He test called us. That was awesome. <laughs> that's great. That lets me know for sure he's he's going to join us, which is great. Uh, hear that New York accent coming out, too. I was like, oh, yeah, he's East Coast. He's East East mm-hmm. Coast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. So... After Ralph Sarchi, we're going to keep on with the uh, theme of demonologists and exorcists and talk about a couple different places after Ralph Sarchi. Um, you want to talk about those at all? What we're going to be talking about after? Or are we just going to leave people in limbo? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking we surprise them. All right, all right. You know, just a, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep to the theme, and hopefully use what we learned learned from Mister Sarchi with um, our other topics. <coughs> Excuse me. Dun dun <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> Could you hear him okay? Yeah, okay. I heard him. It was a little, at first it was a little jumpy, but um, but then, yeah, I was able to hear him. Yeah, I remember to breathe and keep my giddiness down. It's like I'm just sitting here waiting for the phone to ring. I, it's like it's like a. It's I know like it's like a, a you it's know like I went on a date. Like you just had a waiting. first date. And you're waiting for <laughs> to call you to, for for a second date. Oh, I hope he calls me. I hope he calls me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doodling little little hearts in my notebook. <laughs> David Sarchi. <laughs> David Sarchi. Draw down the eyes with little hearts. <laughs> Oh my god, this is interesting. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Just drink more beer. Get those inhibitions down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I can't wait. Oh. So <clears throat> Last week's episode, or last week's, two weeks episode. Two weeks ago. With uh, the show in the antique store. How, 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 how did you do after that? Um, well, I spent um, I spent all day on Halloween recovering from that. Um, that, was, that was pretty draining. But I had... Um, 
I had prepared myself before the investigation. Yeah. So I wasn't as bad off as I thought I'd be. So that was good. Good. Um, when I did the baseline sweep, I actually had a migraine for five days after that. Yeah. I remember you telling but me that. I, you know, I prepared myself, you know, protections and wards, whatever I could do. And you're, you're no, no migraine hard. the next day. I was just completely exhausted. You're getting hit pretty hard when you were there. So, <clears throat> yeah, especially that that second hour, man. That was really, that was really intense. Yeah, I've never, huh? I've never felt. I've never felt that kind of. I mean, except for the hotel. That's probably the last time I felt that kind of. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. Well, I'm just going to call it an attack. I felt that kind of feeling. Yeah. Uh, this past weekend, uh, one of the reasons we didn't do the show is we actually had two followers have birthdays that passed this last weekend. Uh, Erica. Got Happy older, birthday, Erica. Got, got older. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. her age, but got older. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. Because I'm, I'm not going to say my wife's age. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, and Mrs. Lil, Miss Leona. <laughs> my my lovely wife. Yeah, she had a um, birthday, and and she, she got, had a birthday. She got older, and again, I, I won't say how old she got. <laughs> but, but she doesn't look older. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no, we've been married twenty seven years, so it's um, that's awesome. Like there's two there's two yeah. couples I know are never getting divorced, ever. Kevin and Nara and David and Lamar. us. <laughs> yeah, I would say Kevin and Nara got to be the other two. Um, yeah, and you know it's not not for lack of trying. But, um, yeah, just God, another. I just yeah, unconditionally, I just love her and it's she puts up with all my crap <laughs> that's that's a definite plus because i am you know i am no unicorn when it comes to guys i am no i uh, i'm not even a stallion i'm the old i'm the old horse that's in the, the old yard mule. With the saggy back and the with the beard, you know three. You know the movie Three Mules for Sister Sarah. Yeah, I was the fourth mule that got left out of the movie. I was, the fourth, <laughs> I was out of the movie because I couldn't haul any stuff. <laughs> Sister Sarah said, "Get rid of that thing." <laughs> we're, having, said, we're having donkey I'll, tonight I'll, for dinner. I'll take it. <laughs> I got it. Half price. <laughs> yeah, send that over here. <laughs> No, uh, but yes, happy birthday out there to Erica and Leona. <laughs> uh, I don't know any other birthdays. I didn't see any other birthdays come through this last week or so. Um, Mike, um, my best friend, Mike, Shit, my Mike, best yeah, friend. Yesterday, huh? Yeah, his birthday was yesterday on Veterans Day. Yeah, that's right. So thank him, thank him for his service, too. Oh, that's right. Um, thank you, Michael, for your service veterans. and happy birthday. Yep. And my brother in Idaho, Adam, I don't I don't think he watches the show, but um my half brother who I just met like 
well, like seven years ago. I wish I had rainbow glasses right now because I'm getting that pinwheel thing. Remember back in the when we were kids? The- <laughs> <laughs> we like to say happy birthday to Mikey. <laughs> Come here. Shh. That's different. Hmm. Okay, we got one minute. I can't hear you. I had to meet you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting I was getting yelled at. <clears throat> because today is my father's birthday. Oh wow. And I didn't call him today. Oh. So I'm gonna have to call I'm gonna call him tomorrow. Hey, this is this is all for you. You ready? Here we go. Thank you for calling in to Spirits and Spirits. This is David. Is this Ralph Sarchi? Yes, it is, Dave. Ralph, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate appreciate it. it. So I'm here with John. John's my co-host, so he and I will both ask you questions here and there, if that's okay. Yeah, no problem. Okay, great. Um, so first off, I know we did some preliminary questions beforehand, but for our listeners, can you, can you tell us exactly what you do? Well, I'm a religious demonologist. I, um, help people with, um, cases of, uh, diabolical activity and diabolical possession. That's great. And how long have you been doing that? for um for uh, a little over 30 years wow amazing that's that's almost as long as i've been alive ralph <laughs> <laughs> not yeah, me I though i'm be. i'm in my 50s myself so and i feel it so <laughs> right <laughs> i know exactly what you mean feel it in the knees um, so before, um, you were a demonologist, you were an NYPD detective, correct? I was a sergeant actually. Okay. And, um, that you were in the NYPD for 17 or 18 years? No, it was 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. Great. Got that full pension. A lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks for your service there, Ralph. I appreciate it. Sure, no problem. They paid me pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So you're also an also author. Holy cow. I don't know why that came out all bad. You're also out, an author. Uh, yeah, a, we, we both have your book. Yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, the same name as the movie that you you helped uh, produce there with uh, Deliver Us from Evil. I have not had a chance to read it, unfortunately, because I've been studying like crazy. Uh, But I'm looking forward to that on my downtime to actually start reading that myself. Just don't read it at night. Just don't read it at night. (laughs) No. Well, it's not not about being scared. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm not scared of being a... 
alone in the dark, Ralph. I'm scared of not being alone in the dark. <laughs> so, I, 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 we we actually talked about demonologists on a, a couple episodes back, and I guess one of my main things is. What is really the big difference between a demonologist and an exorcist? Well, an exorcist is uh, a clergyman. There are no laymen who are exorcists. And it is the exorcist that actually performs the exorcism um, on a person who is demonically possessed. We call them in the Catholic Church, we call them solemn exorcisms. But there is also uh, another type of exorcism. We call them local exorcisms. And that is usually the Pope Leo Thirteenth prayer that a layman has the authority um, to use as a prayer when they suspect um, actions of the diabolical. The Pope Leo Thirteenth prayer can also be used in cases of uh, oppressions or obsessions over people who are not possessed but still have an external and uh, an internal struggle with the diabolical. Oh, wow. Oh. <clears throat> that's amazing. <laughs> that that's that's very interesting. That I, I wouldn't have that's a way better explanation than I could ever have hoped to hope for there when I was looking at when I, we were doing research a couple of weeks ago. Right, definitely. Um, now, Ralph, in our um, our earlier talks, um, we talked about how for uh, an exorcism to be done on a human, a priest has to be involved. But you said to me that any layman could do an exorcism on a house. Is that true? And how is that done? Well, I, you know, um, it, it's not that any layman could do an exorcism on a house. I wouldn't recommend that if you're not trained in the field. Um, you have to have, there actually is two parts to this whole thing. One, you need the knowledge. And, and just reading a few books is really not going to give you that knowledge that, that you need. You really should... Uh, you know, be trained by somebody in the field who, uh, whether it's an exorcist or, <clears throat> you know, people who have been around investigating these things for a while. Like <clears throat> when I first started in the work, I uh, was an investigator for Ed and Lorraine Warren. So, oh uh, you know, God. I have a, a pretty good background as far as, you know, who I was involved with. My mentors are Bishop McKenna and Father Malachi Martin. And, you know, as far as exorcists are concerned, I probably couldn't find two better men with the exception of Father Armoth and, you know, out there in Rome to, uh, to actually mentor me in the field. So you, you do need the knowledge. Um, and like I said, it, it takes more than just reading a couple of books or watching a couple of TV shows or movies. The second uh, side or to that coin is uh, you need a spiritual life. You need to be in a state of grace. And, and for Catholics, that means um, you haven't committed any mortal sin. You've 
gone to confession, uh, you've received the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist, and you have a very, very strong prayer life, without those elements, it would be a very, very dangerous undertaking for you to get involved in something like that. You know, not only, like I said, the, the lack of knowledge aspect, but the the lack of a spiritual life um, is a completely insane thing to do. It's kind of like watching a Bruce Lee movie and thinking you know Kung Fu. Oh, you're going to get your butt kicked if you try that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, here's, I mean, you've been doing this for 30 years. How how does that make you? How do you feel when you see those people out there that literally watch a couple movies, read a couple books, and go out there and try and do these things that you've been doing for thirty years and had the training? How, what's what's your? I guess what's your feelings on on people that that do try and do that? I, I don't know. I, I wish I could word that better. <laughs> Well, no, you know, I, I, I'm tracking what you're saying. I understand. Um, and, and it's like I said, you, you would sort of be uh, a little crazy to do that. Um, you know, because for the most part, the demonic, they really don't expose themselves. Uh, especially if you're a threat to them, they're not going to want to expose themselves to you. Um, they can actually uh, uh, fear you to a certain degree. Um, but when you go up against them and you're not spiritually prepared, your protection is really, um, it's, it's, it's at zero. You have no spiritual protection. All right, you know, God affords all of his children, even the ones that are, in, in, you know, ungrateful to him and, and don't follow him or, or worship him. He'll, he'll still afford uh, protections. But, you know, you got to understand when, when you... When you get involved in a case of diabolical activity, a valid case of diabolical activity, you know, um, you, you are actually putting yourself in between the family or individual and a demonic spirit that there was no blockage before that, that, you know, the demon had free run and free reign of the, either the individual or the family. Now you've been, um, you know, you've interjected yourself into the middle of that. And if you are a threat against the demonic, they're not going to like that. So if you're not protected, you know, like I said, not only through knowledge on, on actually what to do in a case, if that spirituality is not there, you, you know, it, it, it's like uh, entering war. With a water gun and without any kind of uh, body protection, oh, you know, wow. being that we're using analogies, <laughs> yeah. uh, right. it's, it's just pretty much, it, it, it's really not a, a good place to be. Well, how, well, it, well, just kind of staying with that, how do you think uh, your past career helps you with being a demonologist? Well, with the aspect of actually doing investigations, being a being a police officer and, you know, um, interviewing thousands upon thousands of people throughout my 20 years, you know, on the police department, taking uh, police reports, 
looking into, uh, you know, crime situations, dealing with victims and dealing with perpetrators. You know, it's, it's given me a, a, a good ability to uh, do interviews and, you know, to, to know what to ask for, actually. Um, you know, when you're a young cop, you have to take the report. You have to ask questions from the report. But after a while, as you're involved, you no longer need that report. You know the questions you need to ask. Well, it's sort of the same thing when you're dealing with uh, cases of diabolical activity. And, and it's like I said before, you need to know uh, uh, that you need to have the knowledge on what to look for in the first place. Because, you know, when the cases come in, I don't automatically know that the person is uh, suffering from diabolical activity. They can have mental issues that I need to be uh, possibly aware of. Um, I need to know that we might not be dealing with a demonic spirit, might be dealing with a human spirit, or we might be dealing with an elemental type spirit, or we might not be dealing with any spirit at all. So it would be very, it would be very um, bad of me to maybe lead a person down the road of possession or diabolical activity who is actually just suffering from mental illness. It would be very irresponsible of me to do that to that particular person who is not mentally sound to begin with. So, you know, there, there needs to be a, a, a lot of responsibility taken when you're involved in this field, you've got to remember you're dealing with um, people, sometimes people's lives, you're dealing with sometimes family situations, you might be dealing with financial situations, you know, and, and you should know what you're doing uh, when you put yourself in that position just on a, a human level itself without the demonic even being involved. That's, that's a totally different story. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> that's just awesome. That, that... Yeah, that's yeah, that's amazing. That's great. Um, that's great. And a lot of that, you know, of course we we suspect um, to be true, but to actually hear it from you is is amazing for us. Um, now, do you? Do you currently still do investigations and help people? Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I'm still involved in, in what I call the work. Uh, that's that's okay. how I refer to what I do is is the work. Um, I'm I'm more in the the role of advisor. Um, I don't really assist at solemn exorcisms anymore. I usually just set them up between you know the person and the clergyman. Um, I, I have an investigator that I'll send out because he likes to travel all over the country. I don't want to do that crap anymore, you know. So right. I, I predominantly keep myself to teaching and 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 advising on cases. <clears throat> right. Yep. When you were when you were talking about um, how you you come in and you you ask questions, get information to try to determine whether it's diabolical influence or. Uh, a mental issue or something to that effect or a human spirit as opposed to a demonic or elemental. Um, do you, you play that? It seems like, you know, like you said, when you're early in your, in your career as a, in the NYPD, 
you ask, you have a certain amount of questions that you ask in order the way, um, in order to get the responses that you need to get your information. But now you kind of play it by feel. So where you, you start asking questions and by the responses you get, it leads you to um, asking more appropriate questions for where you think that's going to go. Well, that's, that's exactly correct. It, it is actually during the interview process that um, I might lead down a certain path. If I feel that there might be a certain instance that uh, uh, created the problem or, you know, uh, a particular person, then I'll, I'll lead in the direction of that line of questioning until I satisfy myself that that might not be it. So basically when I'm, I am going through the process of elimination, but I am, I am actually trying to debunk what the people are telling me. Right. Um, that's my process of sort of like an elimination. Um, and, you know, I, I mostly go on uh, what I call a gut feeling, uh, uh, you know, an intuition, um, a discernment, if you may will, um, which, I, you know, I've been able to exhibit some discernment in cases, but only when I'm actively involved in a case. And, and if I get stumped, I'll just take time and I'll pray on it and I'll, uh, I'll seek help, you know, um, from a, a supernatural source. And um, I found that in the past, that's usually led me down the right path to uh, where I can actually bring the case to fruition and, and be successfully in casting out or, or setting up an exorcism for uh, a family or an individual. Uh-huh. That's where that old school police work kind of helps you out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Uh, so I guess, I guess, a question I have is when when's that point where you feel that you actually have to do get that exorcist involved in in a case of yours? What, what where's, what's one of those things that you look for? Where you know I need to get an actual exorcist here and take care of that and i guess the second part of that question is how often has that actually happened for you well it's you know it's actually there are signs listed in the roman ritual that we look for as far as demonic possession of concern um uh, speaking in an unknown language knowing things that they have no way of knowing uh an extreme violent aversion to uh religious articles or religious, you know, or, you know, Jesus Christ or the Blessed Mother, um, abnormal strength that, you know, should not be exhibited by uh, the physical stature of this particular person. And, um, you know, that's also where uh, questioning of the family comes in. Is there a, has there been a drastic change in personality, uh, uh, a drastic change in behavior? Um, you know, is there any uh, prior occult use? Uh, you know, has anybody been involved in the occult um, using occult paraphernalia? Uh, you know, or just external phenomenon going on in the house where it actually progressed to the stage of possession. So, you know, there there are a lot of different. Uh, telltale signs that we look for. And like I say, 
a lot of times it comes on experience and it's not just from book knowledge. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's only so much that you can learn from a book. I mean, if, if you needed brain surgery and you, and you went to a guy and he says, well, yeah, I read all the textbooks. I don't think I want you touching my head. (laughs) I just read it from a book. You're going to have to be trained by, you know, uh, a doctor in, in doing brain surgery. So, (laughs) you know, um, you know, even, even call, would you, would you read a book? on how to fix a transmission and take your whole motor engine apart, you know, um, it's, it's just, you know, it's sort of funny, but you know, I'm serious at the same time, you need to have a good uh, basis of experience and it would be better to work with somebody who's experienced in the field. So you eventually do learn to, to, um, you know, to give yourself that moniker of demonologist, religious demonologist, uh, you know, all roads lead right back to that. You should yeah. really know what you're doing before you get involved in this. Yeah. No, it reminds me of um, my favorite scripture in the Bible is Matthew 7:26, And to paraphrase for our viewers, it's it was a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And that's what that reminds me of, is you need the foundation of faith if you hope to ever build a house upon it. And you know, do this. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Um, and that's what that foundation of your spirituality needs to be. Um, without that, it, it would be very dangerous to undertake that kind of stuff. So just based off research, uh, that I was doing first, like I said, we did a show about demonologists next, just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And some of the research I found out is a big, big role of a demonologist is uh, cataloging demons. Um, do, do you actually have a catalog of demons? I guess that's my oh, question. I, I, no, 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 no. That, that's not how we work. Um, we don't want to give recognition to any demonic spirits. The, the only time that a demonic spirit should actually, the name be used is by the exorcist during a solemn exorcism. Um, and there, and that is one of the questions that an exorcist must ask. There, there are a list of questions that the Roman ritual uh, supports, actually. And it's really, uh, you know, the exorcist is one, not to stray too far away from the uh, suggested questions that need to be asked. One of the questions is, we want the name of the demon. And the reason for that is because... Once the exorcist gets the name of the demon, now the demon has to respond to that name. The exorcism is no longer basically generalized. Now it's focused mm-hmm. on that particular demon. And, and their names are usually connected with their nature. Um, it doesn't even have to be like a, a, like a, a regular type name. So, you know... Um, a lot of times the demon will give the name according to what their nature is. Ooh. And the only reason why we want to know that name is so it could be cast out. To know the names of demons is, is senseless. It's not needed. So why, why would, you know, when you give a demonic spirit recognition, you draw it to you. Give so if you're using its name, like when I say, when I say my, the prayer to St. Michael, 
My goal is to draw St. Michael to me. I want him present with me. When I pray to Jesus Christ, I want him present with me. When I pray my rosary, I want the Blessed Mother with me. If I pray to one of the saints, like, say, uh, uh, St. Pio, I want him with me. Why would I mention the name of a demon? Why would I want that with me? That makes so perfect if, sense. You know, there is an actual danger of actually drawing these spirits into you when you call them by name, because they will respond to it. That that. That makes a that's, lot of that's, sense. That's mind blowing, actually. <laughs> yeah, and only only in the solemn exorcism is that even a thing. That's but, well, the demon, the demon is usually present unless you know you're having more than one exorcism for this particular person. But you got to understand also that um, a lot of times people are possessed by more than one demon. If you remember in scripture. Um, I don't know the book. Um, I'm not a biblical scholar. But it, uh, in Scripture, it says that, uh, you know, when a demon is cast out, it'll go to and fro, and then it'll return to its house to find it all swept and tidy. And it will bring seven more powerful than itself. Basically, what that parable means is if, if a demon has been cast out, through demonic possession, through an exorcism, and that person does not change their life and become more of a spiritual being, then that demon is bound to come back with seven more powerful than itself. Wow. And I, mm. I've been involved in many exorcisms where there were more than one. Right. Um, so, you know, we might get the name of a demon and the situation does not remedy itself. So the exorcist might call on that demon again to see if it's present or if there might be uh, another uh, individual demon that comes forward. And now the fight starts all over again from basically square one. Oh, my. Wow. That. That actually feel that. that wow. That's actually mind blowing. Uh, that that would be a. Uh, a scary thing to run into, honestly. To not only did you right. expel one, yeah. now you're sitting there dealing with four more others that you didn't even realize that were sitting in there. Well, you know, you have to understand that a lot of times the demons they lie, they're liars. Huh. Um, you know, uh, the devil is known as the father of lies, and there's a reason for that. But there comes a point within the exorcism that a, a really, really experienced exorcist will actually challenge the demon only in the name of Jesus Christ and even in the name of the Blessed Mother that you are bound by Jesus Christ, that you are bound by the Blessed Mother to answer my questions truthfully. And it might take some time for that to come about because the demonic will actually mix lies in with the truth and it makes it a little difficult to, um, to get to what the 100% truth is. So, you know, I've been, uh, I've assisted at exorcisms where the demon, when the exorcist, one of the questions is how many demons are are there? Um, you know, sometimes I've heard I am only one. And sometimes I've heard there are six of us, you know, and, and you'll get a different 
um, you'll get a different type of personality because you got to understand that demonic spirits are not all the same. Demonic spirits' origins come from my cats are going crazy right now, so if you hear them banging around, it's just them. <laughs> demonic spirits actually come from the nine choirs of angelic spirits. And within each choir, they, they have different powers, depending on what hierarchy. There are three hierarchies. And within those three hierarchies, there are three choirs of angels in each. And the closest, the, the, the top choir is the seraphim, which is the choir that Lucifer came from. Yeah. He is the most powerful angelic spirit that God ever created. He was the, actually... A Lucifer was the most powerful creation up to that point because the angels were created right after the time space uh, matter continuum was created. The, uh, you know, the heavens, the, which is space, um, and the time, the space, and the matter, which is the earth. Um, the next thing that God created were the angels actually to worship him. Um, so, these demonic spirits come from those particular choirs and the higher up in the hierarchies that they are, the more power they have. So we might be dealing with uh, a, a demonic spirit that came from the angelic choirs, which is the lowest choir, but we, we might also be dealing with a, uh, an angel that comes from the choir of thrones, which is within the, the first hierarchy. So um, we consider them, the ones that are in the higher hierarchies, as devils because they're the ones that can manipulate blessed objects. They can withstand more prayers than the lower choirs, uh, uh, you know, the demons that have come from the lower choirs. So, you know, like I said, the, the exorcist really has to know what he's doing uh, in order to undertake this type of uh, responsibility. Man, that has to Good be. Hurt. That has to be draining. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so in in these cases, um, I mean, say an exorcist comes in, hopefully not cold, but an exorcist comes in cold to an exorcism. Would an exorcist call on a demonologist to uh, to assist? If they feel there's there's something in one of the higher hierarchies that they're dealing with, well, I, I mean, uh, not all exorcists have access to a demonologist. You know, it's uh, usually what would happen is an exorcist would be trained by a more experienced exorcist. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, um, the clergymen don't have access because. Back when I first started 30 years ago, there were no exorcists in the diocese. They were extremely rare that you could find um, an exorcist. It's not like today, basically, where, um, you know, there are more exorcists uh, prevalent in the diocese. And you could probably go to any one of your parishes and, and request of the priest if he's not an exorcist. He knows of somebody who is an exorcist, and he'll be able to put them in touch with that particular priest. Um, now the Vatican offers, offers classes on 
uh, demonology and exorcism out there in the Vatican. And it's open to not only clergymen, but laymen who want to pay the fee and get out to Rome. They can take that course. Um, you know, there are a couple of laymen that I know that are involved in their individual diocese. They're, they're, they're demonologists and they, they actually teach the uh, new exorcists. So, you know, there, there is sometimes a mixing of laymen involved in this. You know, um, I, I, I watch Bishop McKenna work from, you know, um, having a little experience to becoming a very, very experienced exorcist, you know, and I could see the change in him over the years on how confident he, he has gotten, you know, um, in, in his ministry. So it was pretty amazing to watch that, but that's due to his spirituality more than anything else. In order to know, in order to know who the devil is, you have to know who he's not. So you have to know God. Once you know God, you have a pretty good idea who the devil is. And you can work from there. So do you, do you think that the, the increase in exorcists out there has to do with anything the way society openly accepts the occult nowadays. I mean, it's kind of like blown up, especially in like the last 10 years. Well, I think more importantly, it's because of society, um, you know, pushing God out of it. That would be more of the problem because, you know, like I said, when, when God is removed, the devil fills that void. You got to understand there is the devil is going to fill the void that, that, you know, um, that's made by you removing God. It, it doesn't help also that the devil is known as the prince of this world. He's been given this world and we're living in it with him. you know? So, mm. um, that definitely the problem is not the fact that the devil exists. It's the problem that people don't, believe god exists oh. that's the problem wow wow that's wow <laughs> that's amazing and then the vatican doing these classes now is in response to that it seems right well uh well yeah i mean you know you've They've they've noticed the um, the changes that have gone on, but in the same vein, they're responsible for a lot of the changes that have gone on. You know, um, I am a traditional Catholic. I do not follow the the uh, Second Vatican Council, which is the mainstream Catholic Church. I go to the traditional Latin Mass, um, and you know, unfortunately. Um, there has been a modernization of the Catholic church that is inconsistent with the word of God. Um, this has been done by design and actually it would take a whole nother show uh, to really go into it in depth. It would take a series of shows actually. Um, unfortunately, there are a lot of good Novus Ordo priests out there who are sort of, you know, um, hamstring because of a lot of the things that the upper echelon of the Catholic Church have 
instituted and believe actually. Um, so, you know, it is therefore by the grace of God go I that these exorcists are out there and they're, you know, they're successful in their ministries in helping the children of God. You have to understand, and I'm sure that you guys are aware of the scriptural passage where Jesus said, when two or more are gathered in my name, I am amongst them. I, you know, I am in their midst. Yep. Well, when, when a priest does an exorcism, he's gathered in the name of Jesus Christ. And there are usually uh, quite a number of people in that church. So therefore, we believe that Jesus Christ is with us, you know, himself. And that's really much all we need. But in the same vein, things have to be done properly, you know, according to the form uh, that they are taught to us. If you stray outside that form, it becomes invalid. Yeah, if you're not if you're not staying within your structure, it just kind of destroys everything. Yeah, it's it's like a tumor. If you don't get all of it, it's going to grow back. That's it'll probably grow back, but you know, even even the Satanists um, will follow the correct form. You know, you you uh, the movie Evil Dead with uh, Bruce Campbell when he mispronounces the name Nectu, he calls it Necktie. You know, and then all mm-hmm. the bad things happen. Well, there is some truth in that, where the proper pronunciation of the words. You have to follow the form, which are the proper words. If you change one word in a sentence, that changes the meaning of the sentence. It becomes invalid now. Wow. And, you know, we're dealing with ritual here. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very important that that stuff is followed properly. And, and that's where experience and, and, uh, and knowledge comes in. Wow. You know, we're right back to that. That's square one as far as the knowledge and the spirituality are concerned. That stuff needs to be tight. If not, you, you know, you're on dangerous ground. Wow. Yeah, yeah, there's no room for improvisation. You can't make it up as you go. You That just sounds them. like a, a long wait for a train that won't come. Um, if you if you go in without that experience and you kind of do it on the fly, it just, yeah, like you said, it's like trying to take apart an engine after you just read a book on it, but you've never actually seen anyone do it. Right. Man. (laughs) This is mind blowing. It needs to be that. It really does need to be that way. You know, um, the demonic follow rules. So you really do need to know what those rules are. Yeah. In in your 30 years of experience, have you ever came across a demonic that was not part of your faith? That was part of maybe some uh, a different faith? Well, I, I not you know, not only Catholics have come to me for help over the years. I've dealt with all kinds of different faiths. You know, um, people would ask me about that, and I would say, you know, um, people don't care if I'm Catholic. They just want to help. You know, it gets to that point where, you know, a lot of Protestants don't like Catholics. 
Um, but I've had an awful lot of Protestants come to me for help because, you know, at, at, at it gets to a point where they don't care who they're going to. They just want help. You know, I, 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 I've written about a particular case that the person was a Jehovah Witness. And um, I had such difficulty with this person, uh, you know, when I first was put in contact to help them. And um, I actually got in an argument and hung up the phone. I says, you know what, I, I'm, you know, I'm done with this conversation. And I called and I called the wife back um, and and I told her what transpired. And she got very upset. I said, listen, I says, I can't help a person that does that doesn't like me. You know, it could be the demon inside that's creating this. It could be a bias against Catholics. I don't know at this particular point. I said, but, you know, um, eventually, if it gets bad enough, you know, they'll they'll be back. And sure enough, about a month later, that wife was on the phone. Wow. He wants to talk to you. So, you know, we did eventually proceed with an exorcism. Oh, wow. <clears throat> well, I do got a question from the audience that asks uh, if you could speak on the mass amount of demons that are coming through right now. It, it just seems like there's a huge uptake. Well, yeah, like I said, the, the, the huge uptake is because society is pushing God out more and more. And the more we push him out, the more the devil will fill that void. Um, it can't go unfilled. It won't go. The devil will not allow that to happen. As far as the amount of demons, I think that's the question. Yeah. Well, we don't know exactly how many angelic spirits there are to begin with. All we know that, um, I, I believe it was St. Jude that saw in a vision that um, 10,000 times 10,000 angels were um, praising God. Wow. Um, the amount is very, very large. We don't know the exact amount that God created, but St. Peel was also asked how many demonic spirits are active on this earth. And his answer was, if every demonic spirit was to take on a human form, they would blot out the sun. Oh, wow. Wow. So there are more that we can fathom in our minds actually. And also there another um, another saint, I can't remember, I believe it was St. Bernard, I'm not 100% sure, don't quote me on it. He basically said that with all of the people that were born on this earth and all of the people that are on this earth at present and all of the people who are born in the future will not outnumber the amount of angelic spirits that God created. <laughs> and we know that the demonic comes from the angelic uh, uh, choirs. So um, there are a lot more of them than there are of us. And there is an awful lot, there's an awful lot of people within, you know, from, from the first two parents, Adam and Eve, up until present. And then no matter how many more years we have left, as far as humanity is concerned, you know, there is, the angelic spirits will outnumber us. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's, 
that's a little intimidating. That's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, it's just I don't know. It's kind of ingrained from like you know. Unfortunately, my experience is basically movies and television and things like that. Where I'm thinking, there's like, you know, there's like twelve. <laughs> there's like twelve demons that roaming around that are you know. Just possessing um, everybody. <laughs> but just yeah, just messing with everybody. Uh wow, that's that's interesting. Um I'd like to jump but off you know, topic really quick. Just twelve demons could probably affect all of humanity. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but there are a lot more than that, so you know <laughs> rest easy tonight. Rest yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah, that's take that's some Michael so I can get some I'm gonna, sleep. <laughs> I'm gonna pull my Bible out tonight and <laughs> read a little bit. Um, well, you know what? When you're when you are in that dark room, you are never alone. Yeah, yeah. That's why I say that. <laughs> I'm not scared to be alone yeah. in the dark. Well, I mean, you know, if if you prayed and you've drawn St. Michael into the room with you, you're not alone, but you won't be bothered by anything right. demonic. Have St. Michael watching over you. You know, and we all have guardian angels and they're there for a reason. Wow. Wow. Is, is everyone susceptible to demonic influence? Are there... I mean, you said if we're, you know, spiritually sound, we're, you know, we're more protected, but is... Yeah, you know, let me answer it this way. Uh, When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, wasn't the devil there um, oppressing him? Yeah. Okay, you know what? The devil was actually... When Jesus Christ was praying to his father and, and begged his father to have this chalice pass from him, he was not asking his father to stop the passions that he was about to undergo, the scourging, the crowning with thorns, the nail, the carrying of the cross, and the, and, and the dying on the cross. He was not asking him to pass that. He came here specifically to do that. What he was asking his father is to stop the devil from showing him the ingratitude of man towards him. The devil is trying to tell him, you're going to actually suffer for these people who are going to show you nothing but ingratitude. They're going to do nothing but hate you. They're going to commit sins. They're going to keep committing sins. They're not even going to try to stop. They're going to spit on you. They're going to, um, they're going to blaspheme your name. That's what Jesus was having the difficulty with. And when he hung on that cross and he said, I thirst, he didn't thirst for drink. He thirsted for our love. That's, that's what he was thirsting for. Because he knew that there was going to be a lot of people on this earth that were not going to love him. And they were going to hate him. And that's exactly what you can turn around and you can look at. Through all of humanity, the history of humanity, there have always been people that have hated him, and they will hate him right up until he comes the second time. Wow. Then they're going to fear him. Wow.
Wow. So yeah, we're all influenced by the devil. I'm just I'm just taking that in. That's uh Oh, I love this. That's uh wow, that's amazing. Um and I I wanted to jump off topic just a second. Um I'd like to get your view on other um supernatural things. Your belief if you believe in UFOs or Bigfoot, um, psychic abilities, things like that. What are your views on that? Well, I believe one of the seven gifts of the Holy Ghost is discernment of spirits. So I do believe in a, a, a sixth sense, a psychic ability. Um, as far as Bigfoot, I, I don't believe that there is actually a Bigfoot creature out there. And as far as the UFO phenomenon, I believe it's a demonic deception. Oh. I studied, I studied UFOlogy. Um, I, I knew, I knew, um, I knew the president of MUFON years ago. Um, I can't remember okay. his name right now. Um, it was where I think his name was Bill Ware. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I lose, I'm so old. I lose uh, details sometimes, but, um, and I've studied the U, uh, UFOlogy and I really do believe that they are from a, um, another dimension type which would lean towards the demonic because there are no other types of spirits out there except for the human spirit the demonic spirit and the elemental spirits i have never thought of ufos that way you have just kind of blown my mind a little bit (laughs) you have to understand that that... the, the, the demonic they operate outside of the natural order that god instituted Meaning, we as human beings, we operate within that natural order. The demonic operate outside of that. Now, if you look at, if you look in terms of God and, and the angels and the saints, they're supernatural. Yeah. They're outside of the natural order God instituted. If you look right. at the demonic and the devil, that's preternatural. It's still outside of the natural order. We as human beings, are just natural. Wow. So the demonic can actually manipulate our physical environment to such a degree that it can create confusion and fear within us, and that's exactly what they want to they want to create within us. Confusion and they want to create fear because they draw off of that fear. It's an energy that we give we vibrate at a different uh, uh, frequency because we're all made up of electromagnetic energy. So we do vibrate. And when we're, we're giving off fearful energy, they love that. They're attracted to that. Um, so, and when we're confused, we're giving off a, a negative type of energy because we are confused. We're, we're outside. We're not thinking correctly. We're not thinking according to the the laws that God has instituted for us the, in the way that we want He wants us to think. We're not following His will, so the demonic draw off of that kind of confusion, that energy also. Wow! So it's not it's not out of the question that um, a lot of the unidentified flying objects that we have witnessed 
are actually diabolical in origin. Could but with that with that same sentence or saying, could they have been angelic in origin? Because a lot of the things that that especially lately that have been shown up in the sky have looked very angelic. Well, you know, um, in the book of the Apocalypse, according to St. John, we're told to look for the signs in the sky. Uh, but what also is going to happen is the Antichrist is going to be able to bring about those what appear to be miraculous. That's what I'm talking about, about the confusion. He's going to sow confusion and have people follow him as Jesus Christ when he is not. Jesus Christ. And the only way that you're going to be able to, to realize that is if you have more of a knowledge of what Jesus Christ and the will of God is. Wow. You know, it even says that even the elect are going to be fooled by it. So you got to be really careful with what you accept as a miracle in terms of maybe natural, uh, you know, something uh, that's within nature itself. Or something that's coming from the diabolical. And the only way you're really going to know that is through the discernment of the Holy Ghost. That's why one of the gifts are discernment, you know, uh, uh, discernment of the spirits. Not to bring up movies, but that kind of reminds me of that movie, The Unholy. I don't, I, I didn't see the movie. I don't really watch those kinds of movies, so I really, I can't make a comment on it. Basically, the devil making miracles to make people believe in them. That's All right, but you know, you, you gotta, you gotta look for the fruits of those miracles. I'm sure that you, in your biblical readings, you've heard a tree is known by the fruit that it bears. Yep. Yes. By their fruits, you shall know them. You know, um, it's it's like when you have somebody speaking words. It's not the words you want to look at; it's the actions that they commit. That's what their true intention is. Um, you know, uh, with the, with the political class we have these days, they speak a good game, but then they turn around and they do something totally different within their actions. Well, that's who they are. Yep. Their actions show them who they are, not the words. This is. This is so great. <laughs> Sorry. This is so great. I'm so happy you called in, Ralph. <laughs> so the the difference between I love the explanation that you gave us between the difference between demonologists and exorcists. Is it better to have a demonologist? with an exorcist at, at times of whether they're doing an exorcism or in things like that? Well, I, I don't know of any uh, exorcist that doesn't have, uh, you know, good assistance around him. Uh, you know, that, that is definitely needed. If, if you, if you read the, um, the forward to my uh, book, deliver us from evil, Bishop McKenna wrote the forward. And he said that it would be very dangerous and futile to, perform an exorcism without assistance, uh, you know, uh, to be present, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a safety net that if the exorcist starts to become affected 
or, you know, is starting to get wrapped up in maybe a, a line of questioning that isn't good, that, you know, one of the assistants has the knowledge to, you know, step in and ask the exorcist if he's okay, you know, to remove him from the situation because uh, you don't know if he's being attacked through confusion or, uh, you know, being attacked physically that you can't see it happening, but it doesn't mean that it, it's not happening. So, you know, um, it's, it's always good for an exorcist to have some really good assistance and they don't have to, they don't even have to have the term demonologist. The only reason why I took the term is because, you know, when I started to do all of these interviews with when the movie deliver us from evil came out and all of that stuff, they wanted me, they wanted to say, well, what, what do we call you? Wanted to put and a I, label I on you. I didn't want to take the moniker of paranormal investigator because I'm not a paranormal investigator. Uh, you know, um, I am a religious demonologist. I approach this from a religious point of view. Back back in the day, like I said, there wasn't anybody involved in this field. No, no nobody, you know, nobody was doing this stuff. Now, like you know, like I said earlier, a couple, people read a couple of books, they see a couple of TV shows, and now the demonologists or the paranormal investigators, and they really have no clue as to what they're doing, you know, and um, so for for. But just to put a, a, you know, a label on it, I, you know, I, I had to explain exactly what I was, but the term demonologist, I really don't like. I can understand that. But what else can I, I'm not a demon hunter. There's no such thing as a demon hunter. We're the ones that are hunted. We're not hunting anybody, you know? Um, so ghost hunter and demon hunter, and that's all a bunch of crap. <laughs> Nobody's hunting anyone except we're the ones that are being hunted. To I reiterate, have to, I have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, speaking of your book, what made you want to write your book? What 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 inspired you to make you know what I want to get my voice out there and write this book. Well, I actually I have a YouTube channel, and um, the first the first um, video I put up explained actually how that had come about. Working with uh, with Ed and Lorraine Warren, Ed Ed was always wanting me to write a book. He would say to me, "Ralph, write a book," and I'm like, "Ed, I don't want to write a book. I'm not a writer. I'm a cop. I don't write. I write police reports. I don't write books." <laughs> so he he was always asking me for you know for a uh, a number of years and and then um it just so happened that i had when i was working i was coming off the midnight tour and i was going downstairs to the locker room and there was a there was a cop in one of the offices that stopped me and said ralph um you know my sister writes for the new york post and we i was with my sister and doug montero who was another writer for the new york post and and the the subject of ghosts come up and Doug said, I'd like to write a story about that. So Diane said, I, I gave a name out. I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, you know, she says, do you mind if I give Doug your information and maybe he can talk to you? So I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Give it to him. You know? Um, so I got in touch, Doug got in touch with me and I had a conversation with him and he wrote a newspaper article in the new, in the New York post 
And it was on the front page, for God's sake. I almost died of a heart attack when I saw that. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm a New York City police officer. I can't have this, yep. you know, stuff on the front page of the New York Post. Everybody in their sister reads the New York Post, you know. So that basically got a literary agent uh, calling me up and the Channel 11 News called me up and I, I had told uh, the literary agent, I'm not interested in writing the book. And he talked me into it. And that the book was written. Oh, wow. That's how that worked out. I, I never went and uh, consciously sought to write the book. I, I sort of felt that I was pushed in that direction through, uh, you know, meetings with different people that sort of, led me down that path and, and the book came to fruition. And I, I would have been the first one to say that I'm shocked when it was published. I was like, I can't believe that this happened. Wow. And then turn around, and make a movie. And, uh, <laughs> and, a movie and then, yeah. And then you had your TV show, the dead files. Um, Demon a lot of files. things kind of happened in succession after that. After that book, that Demon was files. that was the, the Demon Files. I have nothing to do with yeah. the Dead Files. Yeah, the Demon Files. Yeah. No, I said I said Demon Files. I'm sorry if I didn't make that clear, but yeah, which um, I mean, I unfortunately, heard, I heard only... Dead Files. I heard Dead Files. I did too. I it's okay. That's, I like I said that that might be my fault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, right. No, Demon Files. Demon Files. I um uh even though only we'll make, three episodes we'll aired, I was a big fan. Come to Colorado, John. I mean, I'll come to Florida and straighten you out. Hey, oh. hey, that was Dave that Listen, said dead files. That was my fault. That was my fault here in California. But go ahead and go to John's. Hey, man, Take you care want, of him. It's fine. You want to come to Colorado, I'll, okay. I'll put you up. No problem. I'll come up to Colorado <laughs> and meet you there. Um, well, we're coming up. We're coming up on our hour. Ralph, is there anything you want to um, say before we yeah, sign off? Yeah, that definitely is. Um, as far as the book is concerned, um, the first the, the first title of the book was Beware the Night. Yeah. The Correct. movie tie-in is Deliver Us from Evil. They are the same book. Do not buy both books. Right. I get so many times people say, oh, I bought both books and they're the same book and I feel so bad. You know, <laughs> I, I had no control over the name, the title change for the movie. And, uh, you know, St. Martin's Press, Macmillan said, we're going to make a, a movie tie-in. So it is the same book. Just by Deliver mm -hmm. Us From Evil, if you're interested in reading, you know, the the story. Um, I'd also like to say I do have a YouTube channel that, that has a lot of stuff on it. It's it's called Ralph Saatchi, uh, Deliver Us From Evil, the series. There are, I, I have about maybe 10 videos. I haven't put one up in about a month, but, you know, I, I will eventually start getting back into yeah, that. Yeah, actually threw that on the Facebook I, page. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't, and I also have a Facebook page if you need to contact me for whatever reasons, you know, just to say hello or whatever it is. And, uh, yeah, I do a lot of Facebook Live. I pray the rosary on Facebook Live. And, you know, yep, um, I, I announce classes that I teach. So, you know, um, I, I'm going to start teaching my classes again in the near future. Um That's awesome. So, you know, I make the announcement on there and, uh, and that's about it. Man, I, 
I have so loved picking your brain. <laughs> you you have op- you have you have mind blown me more than one time tonight. Um and and realizing I'm sorry. No, no, it's it's great. I love it. You know, it you know, we come on this show and we talk about certain stuff and we're not going honestly based off experiences. I mean, we have our own personal experiences, of course, but we talk about a lot of different places and things like that. And to have someone that has gone through and done what you've done to come on the show and, and let us ask you questions and pick your brain and give your experiences. It's, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. And I appreciate every second we've had with you on the show. I thank you, Ralph, for, uh, for calling in. I, I really do appreciate that. It's definitely my pleasure. Uh, Dave, and, and John, thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks well, a lot. Take care, Ralph. Ralph, we're going to say good night to you and best wishes and uh, stay right. safe out there. And uh, I'll be subscribing yep. to your YouTube channel tonight. And uh, uh, I already am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I knew about the but I knew about it, but I didn't actually, subscribe yet. <laughs> I actually put some. Uh, um, some of the audio tapes of the actual interviews uh, in conjunction with the book. So read the book first before you go into this. So you'll, you'll have a better idea of, you know, what you're listening to, uh, uh, you know, a, a more well-rounded idea of, of what you're experiencing and hearing with these, with these particular cases. So, well, well guys, oh, well uh, again, it's my pleasure. Uh, stay safe. And and God bless. Thank you very Take much, care. Ralph. God that, bless. Ralph Thank you so much, everybody. Ralph. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye. You too. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> that was so He's awesome. the man. That was mm. so much that better. That was so much better than I... Oh. So much better. What a great... What a great interview. That was amazing. Oh my lord. I am I don't I don't know what to say. That he has changed every like, my whole view on it. Like my whole like everything we talked about a couple weeks ago felt like it was just total bullshit. <laughs> well, and a, and a lot of it was because all we could do was go by what we read on the internet, and yeah. we know how the internet's yeah, always right. truthful. Yeah, right. Oh my! But God. to actually hear it, I mean, and there were some things that we were right. Oh no, yeah, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not calling out that we that we were completely wrong. But mind blown so many times tonight. Just yeah, oh, dude, the fact that UFOs are demonic deception. Never occurred I, to me. I never once occurred yeah. to me that UFOs could be considered a demonic deception. Yeah. I don't I personally don't see it that way, I, but yeah, you know, I I I can I can totally see his view on it. Yeah, I it's the unnatural. I I I totally get it. And, you know, a lot of it is in the Catholic religion, we're the only planet that has life. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that is if you if you believe that way, oh god, I can't then you don't believe that there's UFOs. You don't believe that there's life on other planets. That's got to be some sort of deception. And, and I can totally get that. I I absolutely get it. 
But and I want to say a special shout out to Holly for throwing us some questions. Yeah, I sorry, really appreciate Holly, that. I didn't get the last question in there for you. We I'm, only had a couple minutes left, so yeah. yeah I, um, I was like, no, I, I want to ask him something else. <laughs> so, but but yeah, I'm totally reading the book. But yeah, I've already subscribed to his. YouTube channel and, and he, what did he say? Is this called Ralph Sarchi, right? It's Deliver Us from Evil the series. Deliver Us from Evil the series. Oh, there it is. Yeah. No, that's the actual movie. Okay, hold on. I gotta yeah. find this. I gotta find this. I have not. Yeah. Oh, catch the whole thing, Holly. At. I mean. I mean, yeah, it was our for our only interview, but it's the best interview I've ever done. Dude, I am there. It is. It's Sarchi deliver us from evil, right? Yeah. When you bet ten dollars, get fifty dollars in free bets. Hey, I don't sorry. want no fifty dollars. There's an ad. Sorry. Sarchi NYC subscribed. Yeah. But yeah. I got, I got a really, really cool guy. I had to do that right now. I'm not, and I am, I'm going to read the book before I start watching his stuff because he's got, before you catch the audio recordings, I haven't watched the, I haven't listened to those either. Oh my God. That was so awesome. Okay. So folks, we're going to, how do we follow that up? I, I don't know. I'm wow. I just I want to keep talking about that, but Dude, okay. So, all right. Well, we're gonna, what we're gonna do right so, now? We're gonna take a quick break. Because for, um, evidently, I drank for, six beers during that interview. <laughs> well, I only drank one, but it was a monster. So, uh, all right. So we'll take a break. We're but, gonna, uh, my ghost. My ghost tube got some interesting stuff. All right. Let's let's we'll talk about that. Well, after break, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, so I can get rid of six beers and, <laughs> and I, I need to get another one and, and grab another few. Cause Oh my grab God. Another. Yeah. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Enjoy the dun dun dons while we're gone. <laughs>
Super awesome. <laughs> oh, man, that was super awesome. Super, super awesome. That was the that was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Dude, that that for me that that was phenomenal. That was phenomenal. What a what a great <laughs> what a great guy. Alright guys, so we are back after our first break and we just had the best interview. With Mr. Ralph Sarchi, man, that was awesome. I, I, I did so many. He opened me up to so many different things. Like he kind of changed my viewpoints on certain different things. It's it's so so good. Hmm. So, all right. So, before break, <laughs> I just wow. That was, it was just wow, just wow. Thank, thank you again for Ralph Sarchi for joining the show. Man, that was that was great. That was great. So, before break. <laughs> <laughs> you said you got some interesting things that came through the ghost tube during the interview. Mm-hmm. Let's elaborate on that. I didn't have to say elaborate once. <laughs> then he elaborated like an MF. He was all he was all in yeah. on telling us. It was that was so good. We didn't have to pry at all. He was oh, in. So good. Man, God, that was good. <laughs> Man, that was good. So yeah, so um, so like right when the interview started, I kept getting the word statue. Oh, interesting statue. Yeah, that's interesting. And then in the middle of that, I got the word annoying, (laughs) and that was probably that's probably me. (laughs) And then nothing for twenty minutes, and just before seven o'clock my time. So like half hour in, yeah, half hour. In. I got I got closet, oh, which would hint to your portal. <laughs> and right at the end of the interview, I got the name Ashley. Ashley, really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Wow! Wow, that was so good, Ashley. That's that's interesting. I. I've never had that name before. Dude, that was... It it was phenomenal. That was just phenomenal. Man. I had... There were... There was twice during that interview. Yeah, Yeah, Holly, I got a portal in my closet. (laughs) He has a a portal in his closet. I know because I went through it, oh. um, but uh, God! <clears throat> but you remember the moment with Yukiko? Yes, that we had. Yeah, I had I had two points 
with that interview where I felt like that. Okay. All right. Let, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. One one was, of course, the amount of demons that are out <laughs> there. Ghost. <laughs> yeah, you're a ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bite. Bite. That. Um, yeah, that was mind-blowing. That you can block out the sun with the amount of demons. Eleven, eleven. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. I'll, I'll ask if you guys if we could speak on eleven, eleven portal at one point. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that. Jump. I'm not jumping nowhere. Uh, I, th- I, I, man, he, he, he changed how I see Bible. demonologists. Bible. Great. Thank you. <laughs> he changed. Oh, I, I absolutely water. believe. How does it work? Fucking How it. does water work? You turn it. Dude, you, I turn, it gets wet. I turn this on, it. and it's like I've been trying to talk all goddamn. I've been trying night. to talk. Now I'm gonna talk all the time, <laughs> and I and I am not getting anything. So, but oh, the the man. the analogy of I I and I guess it was more my analogy than his about watching Bruce Lee and knowing acting like you know kung fu. How he depicted about people that have watched a couple movies, read a couple books, and are out there trying to help people and and do things. And it really hit the, you know, when I talked about the fact about how society, how open society is now to acceptance of the occult and everything. Yeah. Yeah, this was my, this was my other moment where... Um, we were talking about, we were talking about that, how the occult's more widely viewed. And is this the reason why we have more More demonic activity? And then he said, it's not because of that. It's because there are more people that are not believing in God. That was, that was a mind blower. And if you look at this, profound, just right. To the point where he's like, don't look at it this way. Look at it this way. Yeah. And that's exactly what he said. He's like, don't look at it. Is there's, there's, there's no, don't look at people, people more widely believe in the occult. It's that people are not believing in God, God anymore. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, uh, man. Cause I, I believe in God. Me too. Absolutely. But I also believe in all the other gods. <laughs> right. We we believe, you know, universally. And, man, that was a question I was going to ask him. But. Living room. Living room. Living room. I don't see anybody in my living room. Chris, Is there anybody in your living room? room? Well, I got, I got Chris in the living room. Chris, you got something going on in there? 
No, he says no. <laughs> okay. I got I got living room and I got then her. So I got like a female Ooh. thing. Anyway. Um man. But yeah, there was a couple points there where I was just like I I need I need to absorb that for a second. I need to take that in. Yeah. Dude, that was that was that was I was like, oof. That and, uh, and see, I, that's something I want to ask. I, I did want to ask him because, like, I'm I don't believe I'm religious. You know what I mean? Me neither. Uh, I'm spiritual. I'm, I'm spiritual. Uh, it, it, because I I just Brian. That's a and that's a different spelling. It's B R Y A N. See, I got that before too. But uh, hmm, uh. I wanted to ask him about that, and I was I was trying to get there with the fact of of asking when I asked him about the other demonic being different religions and things like that. That was kind of being be my follow up. Yeah, is, for sure. Is is about other gods? I mean, is it? <clears throat> I don't necessarily follow God, you know. I'm I'm more with the gods <laughs> type thing. Does that mean I'm not protected? You know what I mean? It, it's well, well, yeah, and that's God. That would have been a good question for him. Living room. Stop. I get it. Living Holly. room. It's right there. All right. So Holly's but blasting I mean, us real quick. She said, "I believe that means some people have multiple." Right, that was before I answered that one. Okay, not, yep, and then I have yep, I feeling. have that feeling a lot lately about the darkness and stuff like that. And then dark the dark demonic occult energy so is strong lately, and yeah, yeah and it's almost become we, fashionable. Yeah, it's almost mainstream now. That demonic activity is bracelet. like bracelet. I, I don't want to say normal, but. <laughs> It, yeah, it's it's become fashionable. It, yeah, it's mainstream. Like, yeah, it, it's so weird. I mean, how we grew up, it was so taboo and unacceptable. Yeah, all, the, all that stuff, psychic abilities, paranormal ghosts, and, and stuff. You and couldn't talk about that. I crap love the fact that he literally said, "He's like, nah, you know, uh, uh, sternum of spirit." So he believes oh. in like the psychic abilities and things like that. He believes in the mm-hmm. sixth sense. That kind of blew my mind a little bit. I was like, "Whoa, really? Wow!" Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was really hoping to get his view on that, and I thought he would just flat out say they didn't believe in UFOs. But he didn't. But uh, he, but to he, point to that as a demonic, he was like deception. He's like, "No, UFOs are there." And then when I was like, "Well, you know, you you." Because he's talking about demonic deception, I brought up the fact that well, a lot of these things are looking very angelic. Like, I mean, you've seen the lights in the skies lately, yeah. with the halos well, on them and everything. Well, yeah, and looking to the um, like the ancient Mayan and, and hieroglyphs and stuff like that. And he's like, "Well, you know, as many as there are angels, there are devils." And I was like, oh, "Are you fucking killing me?" <laughs> 
Oh, that was so awesome, man. Yeah, I am. I, I'm so glad the nine that choirs. I did. Oh. I'm so glad that I did it. I'm so glad that I did the research and I reached out to the guy, and he responded. And he was, I'm so receptive. Facebooking friend him. <laughs> where? Uh, yeah, I don't know where. Uh, I gotta look it up. <laughs> it is, but yeah, was... it's just uh, man. I am. I'm floored. I'm I am floored. Oh, such a good by, interview by that conversation. It was such a great talk. He, he, yeah, it didn't feel. I think that's what I loved about this tonight. Is it? I didn't feel like I was interviewing a guy. I feel like I was. I feel like I was standing next to him and just you know asking him we were fucking just, questions. We were just you know? chatting about his job. I just I felt like we were just talking with somebody about their job and what they do and I love that he laughed you know, a couple times. It was great. We got some we got some good <laughs> chuckle moments. I you know, the the you know, I, I was I, I was I was really glad. It's right there in the beginning we got a couple of laugh moments and I was like, Okay. I kept looking at the time, I'm like, should I tell him it's been an hour? <laughs> Yeah, well, and then I, you brought it I up. Had I was to, like, I had to let him know because, <laughs> you know, he told me that you get an hour and that's it. And I didn't want to overdo it. I should have told him. I was like, I, we should have said at the beginning of the show, I was like, man, we, we understand that <laughs> you're giving us an hour. Appreciate it. But if you want to go longer, we could talk for three you, hours. If you want to stay and hang out, we'll, uh, you know, more than happy to keep going. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're, you're, Holly, you're absolutely right. It is very mainstream with the younger generation, and it seems like the younger younger generation is looking to believing anything but Christianity, and and that's all their choice. You know, I'm I'm not a big Christian. I'm I'm a big spiritual. I believe in, I guess. Uh, Sutru and and Native American beliefs is mostly what my go to, but but I also believe in God. It's weird. I just don't practice a lot of Christian values. Yeah, you know it's um, when he yeah when he talked about um, in my part of the problem. Having the—that's uh, what I wanted well, to ask him too. Am I part of the problem? Am I part of the problem? I mean, well, I think, and I was going to ask him that too. If you don't, if you don't believe in a religion per se, but you believe in God, because I—I I mean, I believe that I'm spiritually sound. Yeah, because of my belief, I don't. I don't believe in religion, but I believe in God. I believe in a higher power. I believe in faith, or faith is belief. But um, faith is you need a strong faith in order to in order to function. Yeah, in no. society, if you don't believe in anything, then you can't you can't get anything done. But Faith is you know, a if big you tool. Be, you believe, you have to be able to believe in something that you can't see. You have to be able to believe. Yeah, that's a- and atheists actually kind of worry me a little. 
Honestly, it's like, how do you go through well, life without having some sort of belief system? Yeah, and you know, my, you know, I don't want to say it. Well, I'm going to say it. My oldest son is an atheist. Yeah. My oldest son is an atheist. My younger son is full-on Christian. Goes to church, does all the all the stuff, you know, and then my daughter is somewhere where I'm at. More spiritual she, than More anything. spiritual. More she believes in God, but she doesn't need a church or a priest to tell her how to believe in God. Well, you know, prayer's supposed to be done in private anyway, so. Exactly. And wherever, I mean, wherever you worship is your church anyway. So mission. It exactly. Says that in the Bible. This, <laughs> yeah, this is my church. My church is right here. It says tradition. So, Mine says do tradition. Do I pray? I, I pray all the time. Um, I talk to I talk to God all the time. I probably talk to myself more, but that's the only way I, I get the answers that I want. I talked to the Raven yesterday, so you know, <laughs> it's it's so yeah. So as far as the you know as far as the spiritual center, I th- I think you have that. It. I you know like we we talked about that all the the gods are all similar. Yeah, be so, good yeah, to each I mean, other. They all say the like, same thing. Be good. Yeah, they yeah they're all the same thing. But like you know, and I'm only going by you know Roman and Greek because those are they're virtually mirror images of each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're the same. It's basically the yeah, same Apollo, god. They just named him differently. Zeus. Apollo, Apollo is the only one that's named Apollo in both, yeah, um, both Greek and Roman mythology. But um, like you know, Zeus to Jupiter and Jupiter. Ares to Mars and yep. that kind of thing. Neptune to Poseidon. They're all the same. Likewise, you know, Catholics God and Jewish is Jehovah and. Muslims, Allah, Allah, all the God. same God, I think. Yeah. I, I think so, so, too. I really do. So I think, I mean, I think as long as you, as long as you believe in your heart, like the Jews, in that. You know, I've spoken to a lot of Jewish people. They, they literally said that, yeah, we believe in Jesus Christ. We just don't of believe course. he was the son of God. Yeah, they believe he was just a good person walking around Earth helping people. <laughs> yeah, he was just another like priest or yeah. uh, apostle or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't the son of God, according to yeah, according to the Jewish faith. That's man, that and was... uh, and according to the Jehovah's Witness faith, he wasn't crucified on a cross; he was crucified on a stake. Yeah, so. And that he was interesting that, um, he, he, that he wasn't God's son there either. I, I really like that was, story with the Jehovah's Witness at the end. That was great. <laughs> He's like, She'll be calling me. <laughs> I love that. That was great. Like if they really want to help, they don't care what faith they're in. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, crap, you know, that, you know, I, I don't care. I don't t- I don't care what kind of plumber you are. Can you help me get the shit out of the tub? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The nine choirs of, of angelic spirit. That was that was interesting. Too. That was that was new. I didn't know anything about that with the three hierarchies and yeah. um that was really interesting. 
Man, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to reading I'm, that book. I am totally I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm totally No, I've just barely scratched I'm only like in chapter two of the book, but um and one when of the things in the McKenna? in the forward, because he talked about the forward yeah, Bishop McKenna. of the book. Yeah. And I was gonna mention this, but he actually already talked about the forward, so I didn't really want to dig. But he he there's a there's a scripture in the forward, and and I wanted to read it because it really kind of struck a, a tone with me, um, and this is John twelve thirty one and thirty two, oh. and what it says is now is the Terry. judgment of the world. Is it Terry? Okay, now shall the prince of the world be cast out, and I how does it work? If I be, I, I'm explaining. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth on the cross, will draw all things to myself. And he talked about um, the devil being the prince of the world. Yeah, yeah. Screen, screen, screen. What did it say? It said, okay. (laughs) Okay. Did it say scream at first? Screen, screen with an N, yeah, screen, okay. screen. Because I, I, I literally took the phone off the book and put it in front of my laptop, and it said screen over and over again. And then I put it back on the book, and it said okay. Okay. Oh, so it does not so want to be in front of the screen. Oh, that's funny. Oh, man, that was so good. All right. Not to go off subject, but we got two other places that we want to talk well, about tonight. Well, yeah, what what we wanted to do is talk about, and this is why we were going to kind of surprise. Coming to get me. Yeah. Coming, Coming to, get, to get me. Ooh. Um, well, you're safe here. <laughs> and if you don't feel who's safe coming, here. Who's coming to get you? Um, you can always hide at the Figueroa. In California, yeah, Figaro, yeah, Figaro <laughs> Hotel. They're they're taking new guests. Um, but uh, well, you know, our our thought was we were going to talk about um two locations that were or are infamous. Why does Blacksmith for, keep coming up over here? What is what Blacksmith? Brian? No, blacksmith, blacksmith, like, all the fucking time. That's weird. I I got that at the antique shop. Like, all the time I get blacksmith here. All the time. Hmm. It's, it's very interesting. Like... Now to follow up on that, maybe look at the history of your location. Maybe... Yeah. Maybe there was a, a blacksmith in the area. I drank way too many beers during that interview. <laughs> 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 Sorry, <laughs> I'm sitting there drinking beer. I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> okay, I'm a little. So, Mr. Sarchi, so if we go to to the store and you Sorry. see a demon, do you go, hey, get out of the aisle five, go over there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, but no. So anyway, we were we were. <laughs> We were going to talk about two places that were or are infamous for 
demonic activity. Very famous. Very famous. So when you think of demonic activity, what's the first what's the first place you think of? First place that I think of? Yeah. Is of course the Exorcist house. As the when I think of possession and demonic activity and exorcists and things like that, I think of the of course the movie The Exorcist, which of course leads me to the Exorcist House. What what's your first thought when you think about it? I mean that's my first thought. When I think about a place about exorcisms and demonic, that's always gonna be my first place. Right. My my first place is the Sally House. Sally House. Oh yeah. Um good. and that's because that's so I mean close to me too. I I watched the <laughs> I watched the sightings episodes when I was a kid about that you know, that demon that was there and stuff like that. It was just crazy. Um but we already talked about the Sally House, so my number two is Amityville. Amityville. Man, that was such a good movie when I was a kid. <laughs> and, and such a good story. Like, you look into and that interesting, place. Interesting to, to talk about, too, um, with with Amityville, um, is What's Ed and Lorraine Warren investigated Amityville. Well, I'm going to throw one more out there. What's interesting about Amityville House is today is the 47 year anniversary of Mr. Ron DeFeo Jr. murdering his parents and siblings in 1974. 47 years ago today, he did that. And I didn't know that until today. (laughs) 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 I was like, no fucking way that we are doing this show on the anniversary of the Amityville massacre. That does it was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. I was like, no fucking way. Yeah, we're so talking about Amityville. <laughs> Leave it. Leave it? I am not leaving it. We are talking Leave about it. it. <laughs> well, and um, you know, Holly's little comment about the eleven eleven portals got me interested, so I'm kind of reading on that right now. That would be interesting. What's the eleven eleven portal say? Um, so hey. it says eleven 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 happens to be one of the one of those powerful numbers. That assists in your personal transformation. Yep. And many more beings are becoming conscious of it at this time because we are in a time of immense change. Eleven mm. eleven is sometimes known as the wake-up code or the code of consciousness, the ascension code or the activation code. It is normally the first sequence of repeating numbers one will see and understand as they first begin to wake up, and then other repetitors and sequences normally follow that will begin to be conscious of as well, such as 444, 777, 1234, blah, 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 blah. 
This frequency activates certain neural pathways and codes within your being to assist in helping you awaken. Wow, that's crazy. So it was, it's, it, go, it goes on and on. This is a great, a great article that I found. Um, when you see this number throughout the day, not just on a clock, but the number 1111, be mindful and conscious of what is occurring in that moment. Whether, whether it be a thought or action or behavior, the universe is bringing this energy to you in this specific moment. Garden. To make you aware, garden, to make you aware of what is occurring and to bring you confirmation of that which is happening at the time you see that number. Wow. Wow. Man. The 1111 portal is the 11th day of the 11th month, which hey. November 11th. Just passed. Yeah. We are also in an eight frequency year. Oh, okay. So this article is from the past. Now that I now that I read that, because the <laughs> the eight the eight frequency year is two thousand fifteen. Listen two zero one five, adding to eight, and eight holds the frequency of instant manifestation. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow! And oh, it goes on what? like you mirrors and Shut. oh my goodness, this article is crazy. You start talking about eleven eleven, it keeps going fucking off now. <laughs> it's going off, right? The number one represents oneness. Oneness is what the universe is trying to move back into. It is your purpose for being in our true essence. We are one with everything, and everything is one within us. We are not separate from any living thing. We all carry within us the same potential and the same divine love, which is the spark of all creation. Wow. The number one also represents new beginnings, new potential, creation, courage, assertiveness, attainment, tenacity, etc. So one to the fourth power, 1111. Yeah, eleven eleven is also a mirror of the number eleven. This is this can be a reminder to us to to see the same divinity that is within us, within all we encounter. Wow! Wow! Okay. That's, all right. So that's deep. We're gonna have <laughs> to do a sh- we're gonna have to do a show on that. <laughs> yeah, boy. If I had a Bless I'd have you. thought about that. Maybe we would have discussed that after the show, <laughs> after our interview with Ralph. But hear you. So, so in you know, in response to Holly, um, the eleven eleven portal is consciousness. Yeah. This is this is this is an awakening. The eleven eleven portal is a is an awakening awakening of the consciousness. Okay, I've had too much. A lot of demons coming through that portal. I think. Um, well, yeah, because it, it's. I think if it was, that was the case, it would have happened during in, in 2015, though. Well, well, 2015. That's the the eighth frequency, which is the frequency of infinity. Yeah. So, 
2015. Okay. I I need a second. <laughs> I just I just had a moment. That's okay. I had deja vu yesterday. And I finished my instructor's sentence <laughs> with it. <laughs> right? He w- he looked at me. I went, I knew you were going to say that. He goes, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Every year the portal opens on 11-11. Oh, well. Well, yeah, it's it's a beginning. It's an awakening. It's um, the Why way that it's come? talking about it. It's like a new... A new thing, so it's a new cycle. Why that we're talking eleven eleven? My phone won't shut up, right? And my phone is oddly quiet. But you don't have a portal in your house. <laughs> no, I don't have. I don't have a portal. You do. I have a barrier spell around my house. Um, hey, Ralph Sarchi threatened to come to kick my butt in Colorado. <laughs> he was like, "Come kick your butt in Colorado." Oh, sorry, <laughs> I, and I offered to come. I'm going to come to Colorado and film it. <laughs> oh, like I will pay your way. <laughs> oh. Um, but man, but no, I was I was thinking. You know, we talked about eleven eleven, two thousand fifteen, right? Okay, yeah. That was when. I mean, right after Deliver Us From Evil came out. That was when he was doing the Demon File show. Yeah, that was... Well, he did... All that and the documentary was in 2016. So Deliver Us From Evil came out in 2014. The Demon File series was in 2015. And Hostage of the Dead... Hostage of the Dead was 2016. 2016. That's interesting, too. Yeah, my so, portal is very interesting, Holly. It is. It is very interesting. <laughs> and and uh, Dave came through it. Well, I don't know if Dave came through the portal, but they definitely didn't like the fact that he was in my room and he saw the portal. Yeah, I th- I think I came out of your portal because I didn't see the closet. I saw the mirror. Yeah. And it was on my left. Yeah. So I I believe I came out of the portal and um Holly just so you know we we did an experiment with astral projection and where I attempted to astral project to his house described what I saw and while I when I was there I heard his ghost tube say who is he and I came back and we confirmed that who is he came in on his ghost tube. Yeah, I literally, because I stepped away, you could see me if I was going to come grab my phone. It, it was very interesting. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm not, Drip. you know, I had my headphones off, so I couldn't hear anything. I was sitting down after a projection. I heard his ghost tube say, who is he? And I got snapped back here. 
<laughs> like, who is he? <laughs> who is he? Oh, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> they see me. Oh shit. <laughs> like, oh shit. All the other oxen free. Um, but, um, yeah. so it was very, it was a very interesting experiment because I, I believe I've astral projected before. So I wanted to try an experiment because we were talking about astral projection. Yeah. That was and, a great, um, great show, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was fun. That was a that was an epiphany. Oh man, that was good moment where it all came together at the very end of the show. Um, and like, you know, oh, there's there's God. a few shows where we had that, like you know, like with the Riddle House and with Yukiko, and then the Astral Projection, and now this to where just amazing, amazing shows, shows, amazing shows, and um. I mean, and by the way, our twenty uh, fifth episode, our sh- our show on our show on the thirtieth of last month, our show two weeks ago, yeah. Um, I think it looks like we got like triple the amount of in of engagements that we normally do, triple the amount of views. Yeah, yeah. There was a hold, hold on, Holly. I'll tell you which episode that was. Which episode was what? Was that the Yukiko or the Riddle House or the no, Astral Projection? The Astral Projection. I think it was. Was that twenty? <clears throat> no. No, it was before that. Where we talked about we talked about psychic abilities, right? Yeah. We talked about it was it was recent. It was after because we had a talk about reincarnation. Episode fourteen was that your projection on that? Yeah. Attic. Deja vu. Past life reincarnation. Astral projection. I love this sound. Dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, episode 14 was that show. Um, you can go back and watch it, or you can just go on, like, Spotify and, and listen to it there. Uh, but it was mind-blowing with the Akashic. The Akashic Record. record and oh, and how we... And how we you know, we designed it to, you know, to finish talking about astral projection. And then realizing that astral projection. And then realized the it all tied everything. into astral projection. <laughs> it was all, that, that was the hokey pokey of the whole thing. Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. It was, oh God, it was so good. So good. Um, But yeah, I remember our, our psychic abilities conversation, which happened later. Where we talked about um, medi- types of mediums, types of mediums, um, exorcism versus demonologist. Yeah, that was episode twenty-one. That was twenty-one. Yeah, that, that was, was the one I was thinking. Yeah, of. so good. 
<laughs> so good. I, 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 God, I, uh, I love, I, I love our talk. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And it's not just the beer talking, although there has been a lot. A lot of beer tonight. I drank a lot of beer tonight. So much. And we started an hour early, so <laughs> I started an hour early. Hey, I didn't start drinking till right right when you got on. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah, I got my I got my Japanese beer and it's um it's kicking my butt. Whew, yeah. Um but man, so that yeah. We're going to have to do a show with Love and Radio. Order. Radio? Yeah, I guess this is kind of like radio. I have a face for radio. Um, so what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about The Exorcist House? Or? Let's talk about The Exorcist House. Let's, let's talk about that. <clears throat> so Exorcist House is actually in... Hi, a ghost. Yes, you are. Uh, Belnor, Missouri. Uh, it used to be, no, no, that's the other house. Uh, it, it's interesting because everybody's, everybody's watched The Exorcist. Oh, well, of course. I think everybody's that's still, watched The Exorcist. It's actually rated anybody, the number any, one if horror anybody, movie in the world. Yeah, that's, and, it's my number one. In the world. I mean, ever. it's rated yeah. number one in the world horror movie. Uh, yeah. But it's actually, a lot of people don't realize that it was actually based off a real thing that happened. Yeah. Um, they don't name the real person it was. It wasn't actually a girl. It was actually a boy, a 14-year-old boy. It was boy, actually a boy. Correct. Uh, who they label as Roland Doe. But this, this is a, I mean, you can look it up. It has the address, 8435 uh, Roanoke Drive. Um they're in Long Island, or no, uh, Belnor, Missouri. Belnor, Missouri, yeah. <clears throat> um, so Roland Doe went, I mean, his, his, he had his parents, of course, but he was actually living with his aunt, uh, yep. his aunt Harriet. Yeah. Um, and she actually introduced him to a Ouija board. Right. Um, to the point where he would actually play with the Ouija board with his aunt or even by himself. Which is a no-no. Yeah. Well, I don't think you should play with the Ouija board at all. But if you're going to be on a Ouija board, make sure there's at least one other person yeah. with you yeah. on Balance. the planchette. Always and even numbers. one other person outside. Yeah, even numbers. Mm -hmm. Even numbers whenever you're dealing with the Ouija board. Um, yes, so if there's three people, you don't fuck with it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Even yeah. numbers on the Ouija board. Uh, in the late 1940s, uh, Roland uh, and, and his aunt messing with the Ouija board and him by himself started getting strange things starting happening, uh, whether it be hearing dripping noise. Dripping, uh, rapping, rapping, scratching sounds. Yeah. Um, that they couldn't explain where they were coming from. I mean, they literally yep. had people, plumbers come out and whatnot. You know, there's a leaky pipe. And, you know, they couldn't explain what was happening. Um, mm -hmm. And picture a picture of, of Christ, Christ that yeah. was shaking. Shaking. That was another thing. Yeah. Float. Yeah. And, and then for no reason. Um, Eleven days later, when all these occurrences started happening, Harriet mysteriously passed Regret. away. Yeah. 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 We all regret that. <clears throat> 
Yeah. Yeah, um, and Harriet passed away eleven days after after all the these activity started. started happening. To which point the parents come out and you know, um, poltergeist activity started beginning inside the house, and they literally had an exorcism for Roland at this house. <clears throat> now at this house, this, so eighty four thirty five is where the actual extras house is where he lived with his aunt is not at this house. So they actually have an exorcist at this house an exorcism shit goes wrong. Parents grab him like, you know, we're going to go home. So they go home. That's 8435 Roanoke drive. That's home. So they take him home. Shit keeps happening. Like what the hell's going on? So they bring in another priest. And do another exorcism. This is and this time, he breaks off part of the bed, breaks the freaking priest's nose. <clears throat> but they continue on with the exorcism, and they believe it's done. Roland leaves a menial life and goes about his his days, and it's over. Nothing besides it being the exorcist house mm-hmm. has truly really happened since that. Based off what I was reading. Yeah. So, yeah. So what I found is it, it, it is said that following his final exorcism, Roland went on to live an unremarkable life. But it is clear that the walls of Roanoke Drive would have some disturbing tales to tell. The house itself still stands, and it can be found in a suburb of St. Louis called Bel Noir. A two-level brick house is primarily owned, uh, privately owned, so it is not possible to visit. But you can take a casual stroll Not. down the re- the cul-de-sac and observe the home where the spooky paranormal. Can you hear me? Place. But yeah, I can no... hear you. We can hear you. We're just we're trying to talk here. She's so impatient. School. School. Schooled. All right. School me. Um, but yeah. Well, and then interesting enough, it says that there were in the the house in. In Belnor, um, recently purchased by people who had no idea what the house was, <laughs> right? Um, but there were two exorcisms done in that first house, all to R- Roland Doe, though, right? To Roland Doe, but but I wanted to point that one was Lutheran and the other was, was Catholic. Catholic, yeah. So it was during the exorcism by a Catholic priest that Roland slipped free of his restraint, broke a bedspring from underneath the mattress, and used it to attack the priest. Halting the exorcism and leaving the priest needing stitches. Yeah, ended up breaking like uh, his nose or something like that too. Yeah, it was around. It was around that. It was at that time that they they moved to the the Roanoke address. Um, to seek further assistance. Yeah. Um, and then the, the note that I have here is it says through a cousin, the family obtained help of two priests 
a college professor, and an associate of the college church. Yeah, that was the final exorcism in Roanoke Drive. That's actually considered the exorcist house. Right. That's where they... Well, because the demon was still there when it went to the Roanoke address. So the yeah. Roanoke address yeah, is where the demon was finally So when the, the bed banished. frame daughter getting the, the priest getting the, the Lutheran and the Christian, that actually happened at the aunt's house. Correct. And then they went to the Roanoke house. So if you've ever watched the movie, there's no moving. They don't move. Right. <laughs> right. Um, basically, the the the... the exorcist movie is all based off when he got the exorcism for the third time at Roanoke Drive. That two-story brick house that looks evil as hell. But they don't use that house in the movie. They use a very uh, uh, it's actually the stairwell where the priest dies at the end when he jumps out the window is right. actually considered like a piece of history in, in New York. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or Missouri, sorry. No, New York. New York. Cause actually yeah, because in, in, in the movie, he's in New York. Yeah, She's they in fil- New York. They film it in New York, yeah. But it, it's very odd, because I don't yeah. know if you ever watched the Ghost Adventures when they do that on Halloween night. I, I've their, watched the, their 100th they, episode. Yeah, they were in that house. Quiet. No, I'm not going to be quiet. Um, I'm not going to be <clears> quiet. But I, I, in um, in retrospect to what Ralph said earlier, I will not say the demon's name. That's no. in that house. No, no, no. No, I thought, man, that was interesting too. When I talked about cataloging, yeah. And it makes total sense. Giving it power. That, yeah, right. Because, I, I mean, I say the same thing about serial killers. I don't want to mention serial killers because, it, you know, giving them a name gives them power. Yeah. And the same thing, you know, like, you know, he was talking about. If I say a prayer to St. Michael, I want St. Michael to come. Yeah. I'm calling him. Yeah. To, to protect me, to guide me. Why would I, why would I have the team of <laughs> I mean, so that just, uh, oh, I'm going to say his name. That's just going to, oh, you called my name. Hey, what's up? That totally makes sense. So it and I, I know I've, I've said that demon's name before. And, you know, knowing knowing now what I didn't understand then, I, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm ever going to say that demon's name again. No, no, it it's... And the Ghost Adventures guys said it repeatedly. Over and over again. And and they had the Ouija board, and it kept saying it. Over and over again. Over and over again. Which I found very interesting. And they were Mm -hmm. the only ones ever to go inside that house. Yep. Which? Warm. (laughs) Said witch and warm. (laughs) You were at the stake. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um so I mean going going on our scale the 1 to 100 right 
of haunted, of haunted, and dangerous. How so, haunted do you believe the Exorcist house is now? Ten. Yeah, I, I agree. Don't, I, I don't think it's I, haunted at all now. Well, the house itself is not possessed. No. And probably 10 on the danger level, too, because the house itself is not possessed. Right. The only exception now that, you know, now that we talked to Ralph is with the Ghost Adventures crew, they kept saying the name of the demon. But that wouldn't necessarily put the house at risk. I think that would put no, them it, at all, risk. No, it puts them at risk. That's why the demon came to them. That's why they had the problems in the exorcist house. Yeah. Is because they kept saying the demon's name. Yeah. They kept calling the demon. Yeah. So, I mean, it would explain why they were getting activity there. Right. Oof. And there, I mean, I don't know of any other paranormal groups that ever investigated the Alexander. exorcist house. Uh, I don't think Alexander did. Alexander, have you ever gone to the Exorcist house? Uh, If it it says no, (laughs) I'm laughing. No, Uh, no, it's it's the only time I've ever heard of anybody investigating that place, and I think they even stated that that they got special permission to do it, right, for the 100th episode. And right, because it's privately owned, so they had yeah. to get special permission to go in there. And so, it's the only time I've ever heard of any type of. And you, you know, I mean, it's a television, so people. <laughs> right. It's, I mean, yeah, it's a reality show, but reality shows aren't really real. Yeah. So I, you know, so we're talking. They probably had. I mean, they were there the whole night, and they squeezed it into an hour show, with all the the major stuff that happened. Yeah. But that, I I believe that demon, because they kept like I said, knowing knowing what I know now, I believe. They called that demon, and that demon came back just because they were saying its name, and they had the Ouija board out, and they were trying to talk to it. But here's, you know, you know what I've it's been going through my mind the whole time since me and Ralph, we we and Ralph started talking. Is that thing that I keep seeing in my house? You were you were going to ask about that too. Am I in danger of possession? Well, and that's why I I brought up that question: Is everybody in danger of demonic influence? Not necessarily possession, but there there are different levels. There's oppression, yeah, and then there's there's demonic influence, and there's, there's possession. There's there's there there there's like I think there's like four like four layers or something or I mean in the movie Deliver Us from Evil I think they had six almost like the levels of um, Close Encounters for yeah. Alien Activity right <laughs> because that's demonic too yeah. but um, it's 
And this kind of this kind of brings me sure. to the Amityville house, which I, which we'll talk about after our next break. But um, I believe that everyone is susceptible to demonic influence and oppression. It's those that are. I I believe the mentally unsound can be more susceptible, but those that are um, that are experiencing depression, you know, sometimes suicidal. Um, those that are involved in domestic abuse, uh, things like that, to where their soul is damaged in some way. Those are the ones that are more susceptible in being possessed, and that was something I wanted to ask Ralph, but Dude, I couldn't. Cigar. I do. Why did you come? Cigar. I couldn't come up with the words yeah. to ask him that. I at the time. I think I, I was almost. I believe anybody anybody can him. be influenced by the demonic. I think I was almost scared to ask him about that. It's yeah, like, listen. It's like I, I know of one that's been with me since I was a kid. I was literally scared to ask him about the experiences that I've gone through because I don't think I want to know. <laughs> I'm in trouble being possessed. Yeah, I don't, yeah I don't want to know if I'm because you know, I worry. I'm in that kind of trouble. I worry more about my kids. Than anything else, right? Well, and um, that, and that's the thing. I'm I'm thinking of. I thought of I thought of that as a positive thing. Because okay, I be, I believe I have a little bit of knowledge, not not enough to be considered a demonologist or, no. and that was another thing, is that that was just a moniker that he kind of put on himself. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like he he had he, to label he, himself. He had to label himself for the movie. Yeah. As as a demonologist, he, and it wasn't until then that that term became widely used. It really is. That's that's pretty, right on. I mean, two thousand. Yeah, it's pretty on the money. That was about I mean, when I I started learning about demonologists was on like Ghost Hunters. Yeah. And stuff, and the and that movie, and the series, which um, which came out in two thousand fifteen. Um, it, before that, I had I've never heard of a demonologist. I was like, oh, so an exorcist that knows about demons? No, he so called you out on that. <laughs> yeah, he thought it was me. <laughs> He said the dead files. <laughs> I don't remember saying the dead files. I meant to say demon files, but I may I I probably did it. I've had too many Melissa. beers, but it said Rachel then Melissa. Wow, that's different. Uh that's like Little House on the Prairie, right? There. Yeah. That that was that was I died keep laughing. Going. I died laughing. Keep, <laughs> we are gonna keep going. But yeah, I was I was perfectly okay. okay with throwing you under the bus on that one and having him go to Colorado and beat your ass. <laughs> 
I said I'd pay for him to do it. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll pay, pay you to come it. out. I'll, I'll put you yeah, up, as man. Long, as long as you let me film it. <laughs> I'll put you up. You want to come to Colorado? I will put you up. <laughs> I will put you up. I'm going to Colorado so I can film it. <laughs> You paid a guy to stay in the hotel to whoop your ass? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. It was Ralph Sarchi. Uh, oh. I imagine him walking through my door and going, Oh, you've been getting your ass beat for a while. I don't think I need to do anything. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to need to call an exorcist. <laughs> And I would love it if it was a joke. <laughs> You're sitting there going, God damn, possessed, God damn, and he comes in. It's April Fool's. Sorry, I'm just messing with you. Uh, oh, that was awesome. You know, the dead files, he's like, no, the demon files. No, demon. And I was like, shit, I could have sworn I said demon files. I had that in my head. I was like, yeah, and I've been I was watching like, yeah, this. You said I the watched dead files. <laughs> All this fucking blew it, but um, I meant to say Demon Falls. I'm so sorry, but anyway, so yeah, I shit the bed on that. But I know I was afraid to shit the bed. It, I just, I think, I don't see the extras house as being a haunted location or in trouble of being a haunted location no. or anything like that. It's I I totally agree. I believe there's a scar there. I think there is a ripple, you know, and then if you like to go like if you, said, you the go there and you try to provoke or you call like someone, said, you know, that's a it's a weak that, spot. That, I vi- think that, that Bible verse he put out there is like if you don't change your fucking life all they did was clean the room for you. We just gonna come back six stronger with six more stronger fucking mm-hmm. de- with me and six of my brothers that are stronger than I am. We're just gonna come in and <laughs> take over the place again. <laughs> yeah, I I thought that was that was that was another mind blowing little thing he said, and I think with what the Ghost Adventures crew was doing with saying that name was just he's like this is already my house i've i've lived here before you saying my name i i don't have i don't need permission to come here you you say my name i'm just gonna show up and start fucking with you yeah so i think i think you're i've got spot i've on got there. the key to this house yeah. so i just walk right in shit i know the code for the alarm and everything yeah. <laughs> you're gonna say my name i'm gonna come over that's like that's like telling my buddy hey man i got beer over he's he's knocking on my door ready to come in <laughs> mm-hmm. you're still on the phone with him are you there <laughs> knock 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 oh shit Whoa. oh shit <laughs> So I I think the hundred percent the reason the only reason they got activity is because they were saying the because they were calling it out yeah yeah I think I'm Ah. with you on that one yeah and I probably wouldn't have said that yesterday I think I'd have to agree with you there I probably wouldn't have said that yesterday it wasn't it wasn't until the interview with Ralph that that even popped into my head. Yeah. 
Interesting. I would have blamed. I would have blamed it on the Ouija board that they used the Ouija board <clears throat> and they called it. Yeah, opening up the. <clears throat> because I I have an aversion to Ouija boards, but me too. <laughs> but but no, it, his 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 thing made total sense. That that guy hits that you so many you got to be careful. I mean, if you're if you're doing a solemn exorcism, you have do you mean you you have to know the name, but you ask it its name, and then you and then you cast it out. Um, but you don't keep a log <laughs> of no. all the names of all the demons and shit. That you deal with, <laughs> and that and that totally debunks all those movies. Yeah. Trapped. But did I hear? I heard something fall it over is. by where you are. Hold on a second. Yeah, somebody dropped something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking us out here! We're <laughs> <laughs> messing. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> that man. I don't know who who's on right now. I don't know who's watching the show. <laughs> I don't know. Holly might still be on. Holly might but... still be on. I think there's somebody else on. Someone on Twitch is on. I I don't know who else is on. I I just. That man, it it looks like there's still two on live. I got, I don't know, two watching on Facebook and one on Twitch. Rachel, that's funny because (laughs) they just said your name. (laughs) Man, Rachel, you should have stayed on, man. That interview with Ralph Sarchi was Freaking awesome! <laughs> yeah, Holly's still here. Yay! Yay, Holly! Holly saw most of it. Yeah, man, that was so good. That was but so yeah, good. That was I, that was better than I could have hoped. I could walk really. into the the house, the extra's house, and not have any issues at all. Yeah, being there just the I don't, simple yeah. fact that it's I, nostalgia for me. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I would just be like, I'd be okay. geeking out over the over the movie. Above. <laughs> I don't see nothing. But, but I, yeah, there's nothing. I don't think there's any current demonic activity or any paranormal activity. No. Going on in that house at this point. No. But, you know, I believe the, I believe the structure is weakened there to the spirit realm and you could call something. Probably pretty easily there. Yeah. Like a weak spot in the ozone. Shit's getting right. <laughs> right, like that, you know, <laughs> like like that scratch that's scabbed up, but it could still bleed. Oh yeah, I got like that. On my arm it's right it's now. like that. Decided. Undecided. No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty decided on this one. <laughs> yeah. I I don't. I ha I would have. Unlike, yes, I'm a friend. <laughs> unlike Penhurst, I have uh, for other reasons. Yeah. Uh, I have no fear of this place. <laughs> I would walk in there and yeah. be like, this is such a great feeling to be here. Like, oh, man, I'd be taking pictures and <laughs> having all. It'd be great. Yes, I'm a friend. Um, but, yeah, Penhurst, mm, I, mm, there, I, there's a demon there. I think there's and a like demon. I said, for some reason, I have no fear of that place, and I don't know why. 
Penhurst just for some reason does not scare me. And I still want to go there. It's still like a bucket list, though. It's like, I'm yeah. not scared of going there, but God, I want to go there. <laughs> All right, so pretty short, to the point, Exodus House, not haunted. No. No. No danger level whatsoever. Those people that bought no. it unknowing where what that house was about have no worries. Right, and they got unless awesome they, unless they want to start dabbling in yeah. the dark. Yeah, don't do. Then. I wouldn't recommend doing that. But you know, I wouldn't recommend doing stuff like that in that house because the I think the yeah, I think the integrity of the spiritual <clears throat> realm is weakened there. Yeah. So so you Actually, could evil really easily draw some nasty. Yeah, very into much that could house. Be easel. Yeah, very much easy. But as long as you as long as you stay away from it. There's no danger in that. Yeah. So, I think we're going to take a quick break. And I mean quick because I have to use the restroom. <laughs> then we're going to come back and we'll talk about Amityville. Which is a, a little bit different. So, we'll be right back. Listen to the dun-dun-duns while we're gone. Hiding. Sin.
Well, I'm back. We're just going to wait for Daveville. <clears throat> oh, man. That was such an awesome interview with Ralph Searchy. That guy, he blew my mind more times than I thought he was going to. That was such an awesome interview. I... <clears throat> I don't even, I don't even know where to begin on that one. He uh he made me rethink a lot of different things. Um not that I'm changing religions, but man, he made me rethink a lot. Hello Dave, how's it going, bud? Hey, good <laughs> man. <laughs> So good. <laughs> I was just talking about the interview. <laughs> yeah. It was just so good. So good. So Amityville House. Mm-hmm. They're in Amityville. Was it uh, Long Island? Long Island. Yeah. Now this all starts. Boy, where the f- I start talking about Amityville and all of a sudden like 30 flies show up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how it starts <laughs> basically today in 1974 <laughs> when Ron DeFeo Jr. gets up about 3, 3.15 in the morning and takes his, what was it, a thirty-five Marlin rifle and kills his parents and siblings. And gets served what six twenty five year life oh. sentences sentences? Yeah, well he killed six relatives. Yeah. So you get six twenty five to life sentences. Yeah. Um parents Louise and Ronald DeFeo Senior, siblings eighteen year old Dawn, thirteen year old Allison, twelve year old Mark, and nine year old John Matthew. Yeah. <clears throat> that's how this all this whole thing starts. Dude, there's like I don't even know where they came from. <laughs> and that's a you know, though he confessed to his deeds, DeFeo's defense would later attempt to enter an insanity plea. DeFeo claimed that he was guided by malevolent voices in his head and couldn't control his behavior. No, which is which is weird because he's actually changed his story multiple times in that place. Mm. Now, 13 months pass after he does this and the Lutz family buys this place for $80,000 in 1975. I guess it'd be 76. Yeah, 76, if you think 13 months. Um, yeah. Moved. Lutz family moved into the house December of 1975. Yeah. Okay, December. All right. Said radio again. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's kind of radio. Um, <clears throat> bought it for, yeah, bought it for 80 grand. 8,000. Back. I mean, that's a lot of money back then, man. Yeah. That's like... That's like six hundred thousand uh, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 
moved out 28 days later. Yeah, it took him 28 days to move out of this place. 28 days later, they were poof out of there. They were out. But their stories are what inspired the legend of the Amityville Horror. Correct. The Lutz family. It was the Lutz family, not the DeFeo, yeah. So George Lutz, who's the husband, Mm -hmm. actually has a history in dabbling in the occult. Brother. Mm -hmm. And he is said to wake up every morning at 3.15 a.m., which is, again, around the time when DeFeo killed everybody. Right. Um, he had claims of strange odors. The the family had claims of strange odors. O- odors. 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 <laughs> smellies. Strange uh, smellies. <laughs> green slime oozing out of not only the walls, but the keyholes um, and cold spots. A priest came in. He is the one that actually heard, like, the famous, get out, you know, when the house mm-hmm. yells at someone. It was actually the priest that heard it and told the Lutzes not to ever sleep in that room where he heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, knife being thrown off from an unseen spirit thrown down onto the ground. Uh, pig creature with red eyes being seen by George and his son. Uh, looking down at them from a window. Uh, George woke up to his wife levitating in bed and also saw both his kids, Daniel and Chris, also levitating together off of their beds. And so, I don't know. It, it's, 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 it's a weird thing with this, with, with Amityville. So, so the, they make all these claims, and they actually take lie detectors, mm-hmm. and they all pass. They all pass the lie detector. Now we all know the lie detector is not admissible in court, not foolproof, yeah, crazy. you know, but crazy maybe. Uh, but they pass the lie detectors. But a lot of people believe because the Lutzes were bogged down by debt, believe that they made the whole story up. And William right. Weber, who was their old lawyer, literally the DeFeo's lawyer. Uh, no, uh, Lutz's lawyer, stated that they all made this, made all these That's stories the up, um, over a bunch of glasses, of, a bunch of bottles of wine. Yeah, well, it's a, it, according to my my article here, George Lutz was curious about paranormal activity and actively tried to summon spirits, but had a financial motivation to sell his story to the media due to the family's severe debt. And Weber, DeFeo Jr.'s attorney, oh, that's said that the haunting was a hoax. hoax yeah. Which oh, he purportedly oh. conjured up. Oh, okay. I, all right. So I, I, I misread that when I was looking up William Weber. I thought there were, like, DeFeo's lawyers, uh, lawyer that came up with this scheme. I didn't realize the fa- it was, he was the Fayo's lawyer because yeah. they Weber was the Fayo's lawyer and said that it was a You hoax. hear me? That Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. Said that George Letts's account was a hoax. Do you want to play? Con- conjured I do up not with, if I want to answer Anson. that question. <laughs> yeah. It said, can you hear me? And we said yes, and it says, do you want to play? 
Do you want to play? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Let me get back after, to you. After talking to Ralph, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't realize that was DeFeo's lawyer. I thought that was for some reason. I, I must have misread that when I was doing my research. I thought that was uh, just the Lutz's lawyer because they were sitting around drinking bottles of wine when they came up with this story. Yeah, apparently it was the, um, it was Jay Anson. I didn't see Jay um, Anson. Jay Anson was the one who wrote the book. Oh, the okay. The Amityville Horror. Okay. okay. And according to according to what I'm reading, um, uh, the DeFeo's attorney said that Lutz and Anson cooked it up Seven. while drinking. Oh. What do I do? I don't know what you do, but I don't know if I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, um, so yeah, Jay Anson's 1977 book, The Amityville Horror, was based on those reported events and served as the foundation for the 1979 film and the remake in 2005. Oh, yeah, it was Ryan Reynolds. Right. Um, Anson's book used 45 hours of the family's recorded interviews as a basis. And one of the three Lutz children, Christopher Cortino, confirmed that the hauntings happened. Yeah, and even Daniel, who's a uh, stonemason, says the house ruined his life, and he still has nightmares of that place. Yeah. I saw a documentary. Where they interviewed Daniel team? as an adult, God. and and he still has nightmares about that place. Yeah, he still, and it's um, it's not only still haunting him, but he, you know, all the negative press from the people that he gets from it, both as you know, oh, you were actually possessed, to oh. You know, it's a hoax, and you're faking it. It's his life has been a living hell. Yeah, it's kind of it's this place. I don't get me wrong, love the movie. As a kid, this was the one of the movies. You know, oh yeah, um, this was the. You know, it, you know, it's there's Exorcist, like like a Mount, like a Mount Rushmore and Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a like a like if there was a Mount Rushmore of of. Paranormal movies. It'd be the Exorcist, Emmyville Horror, Rosemary's Baby. No, no, no. Or and the Omen. Okay. That would be mine. Mine would be the Exorcist, Emmyville Horror. Uh, God, I just said the name of it. <laughs> you fucked. <laughs> I've been drinking. Uh, it's okay. I'm gonna have Ralph Sarchi come over to your <laughs> house and kick your ass. Exorcist. Every horror, and I don't remember the third one. And then I was gonna finish it up with Elm Street. You know. It... <laughs> oh well. For I'm me, I'm talking 70s though. I I was going oh, 70s. Elm Street yeah, was 84. If you, yeah. If you if you want to go 70s, yeah. Exorcist, Emmyville Horror, The Omen. See, oh, man, 70s are really good. Because I I want to go, you know, I don't want to go Halloween or Texas Chainsaw Massacre or anything like that. 
Because that, I mean, that would be my slasher. Slasher, yeah, it's, Rushmore. it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. If I went horror, just a straight horror Rushmore, it would probably be um, Ooh, the fog. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> the fog, good. Oh yeah, good call. The Rachel. original, the original yeah. fog from 1980. That scared the bejesus out of me. Um, and it was, was a TV that, movie. Was that 80? It was 80. Wow. Good, man, the um, but the, so the remake absolutely blew chunks, but um, the original mm, the original was awesome. The remake was Kurt Russell, right? No, the remake was, it was like that, there was that kid from Smallville. I mean, it was like, oh, like yeah. early 2000s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was yeah, Tom Welling. That's his Tom Welling, the, yeah. the kid from the kid from Smallville. It was just uh, uh. yeah, it wasn't that but great. but God, and it. What am I thinking of? Kurt Russell in Alaska. You must be thinking of John Carpenter's The Thing, but that was Antarctica. Oh, The Thing, yeah. And that's number two all time. <laughs> the Twilight Horror Zone music for this, to this day freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, love I still I still get freaked out by the the Halloween music. Oh yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. I know what that is. I have just mm. yeah. My um, but but yeah. I'm... If I had to do, but if I do like all time paranormal because I'm I'm. Poltergeist, yeah, with, that, I think that was my four. It was Exorcist, uh, Emmyville Horror, Poltergeist, Poltergeist, Nightmare absolutely. And I, Nightmare yeah, I might Street. go Poltergeist over Rosemary's Baby because there were sequels, not just sequels, but like the and deaths that happened, the for things the that occurred during the making of that movie. During the making just, of the movie, yeah, the 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 curse, the <laughs> that curse came of Poltergeist, that movie. yeah, including the girl dying. Uh, I yeah, mean, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. No, I would. I agree. I would. I'd pull Rosemary's Baby off and put. Um, but put Poltergeist again there. was in the eighties, not the seventies. So was it? Yeah, it was God, like eighty three. Oh no, yeah, that was like eighty. That was like eighty two, eighty three, wasn't it? I I was like eighty three, eighty four, but yeah, right, right around that time. Elm Street, same 82. thing. 82. 82. Yeah, Elm Street came out around the same time. Too. Get down. Elm Street was 84. I know that yeah. for sure. Um. So, and John Carpenter's The Thing was 82. 81. No, 82. Fright Night was 81. Fright Night. Oh, so good. The original Fright Night. That's my favorite <laughs> vampire movie of all time. I know we're going off on a tangent now, but. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Poltergeist is awesome. I don't, know about the, was awesome. I don't know about the third one, but Poltergeist is awesome. And it off. Yeah, God is God is in his holy temple. God is um, in his holy temple. <laughs> that creeped the shit out God of me. God is in. He's silent now. That, that, <laughs> that, that, that priest. Oh, the yeah. And the, and the teeth and the. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that creeped me out. Um, yep. So good. Actually, I, I have that. I have that wrong. I didn't like two as much as I liked three. Yeah. I liked one and three. Two in the hotel was eh. Yeah. 
Children of the Corn. God, you're bringing up some good ones there, Rachel. <laughs> That's yeah. That's I was a good scared one. to go in corn for so long. <laughs> but again, never gave me nightmares. The only movie to ever give me a nightmare is Nightmare on Elm Street, which will always be the number one for me ever. The only oh, movie to ever scare me to the point where I had nightmares about it was Nightmare on Elm Street. Hmm. Oh, uh, Malachi. Yeah. What was the kid's creepy kid's name? Yeah, that's Malachi. Yeah. Malachi. Um, yeah, for for me, it was The Exorcist. For you, it was The Exorcist. Why? Well, that makes sense, though. Because by the time Exorcist came out, you're about the same age I was when Nightmare on Elm Street came out. <laughs> yeah, by the time I I saw Exorcist when I was six years old, and you know, my parents were good parents. I just want to say, that. And in, in eighty four, in eighty four, when Elm Street came out, I was seven. Yeah, so I mean, The Exorcist came out in seventy three. When I was three years old, but oh, I didn't yeah. see it in the theater until I was six. Yeah. Um, or at least I don't remember hello. it until I was six. Well, hello to you. Hello to you. So I, yeah, the same year in 1976, I saw The Exorcist and Jaws. Oh, yeah. Jaws came out the year before I was born. Such a yeah. good movie. You know, and Spielberg although, regrets... although it's kind of dated now, I don't find it scary yes. anymore. <clears throat> Yes. When I first saw Jaws, I refused to go in the water until I was like ten years old. Yeah. I, yes. I was a. I had this this unnatural fear that there was going to be a shark under the water, no matter where I was, even if I was in a swimming pool. Oh yeah, I thought and, there was going to be a shark. And and Spielberg actually literally regrets ever making that movie because yeah. of that fact. That he put so much fear in people to go into the water and so much fear of sharks, which you have more likely to get struck by lightning than get eaten by a shark. Yeah. <laughs> and I need and to go. I have, I have oh, been struck by up. lightning, so I, I've got that covered. <laughs> Elm Street, yeah. Those are, I mean, man, when we, there was really good horror movies when we were growing up, man. Really? Really good horror movies. You and know, don't get me wrong. Like, there's yeah. good there's good horror movies today, but their endings really suck, which like kills everything about it. <laughs> yeah. Now you got it. You got to give me closure. You got to end the yeah, movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just it sucks when they don't. Do All right. It. So we're off on a tangent. Um, so Amityville House. I know <laughs> Amityville House, but I mean, there are movies about it. So yeah. it's you know. So but, there's a lot of contradiction with this place. There's a lot of people with complete hoax. There's a lot of people like totally fucking the devil's house. I mean, yeah. Like you have so many people wow. that go in there that sit, you have just as many people that go in there and say this place is the devil's house as there are people that come out. It's like that place is not haunted at all. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your theory on it? What do, what do you think about that place? I I believe it's absolutely haunted, but, um, and this goes back to Ed and Lorraine Warren because they investigated the house. That was awesome. His tie-ins with them too. <laughs> yeah, I loved it, and I was going to ask him about it, but he brought it up, so that was great. <laughs> I was like, yeah. um, 
he literally, as he was talking, he was answering the questions that I was going to ask. Yeah. He was actually phenomenal, like totally on the mark with what I was going to ask him. So it was great. But Amityville, um, when Ed and Lorraine Warren investigated that place, they felt that there was something there but it was hidden. And this is what I'm thinking. They caught they caught one piece of evidence at the Amityville house. They took a picture. They got a picture of a boy with glowing eyes. And I know that picture is online somewhere. You think one of the siblings that he, that defailed? You hear me? Possibly. If it was, it was the younger one because it was that kid was maybe maybe ten years old in the picture. Oh no. Um, that was the one piece of evidence that they got. And Lorraine was like, "Whatever's here is hiding itself from me." If I remember her account correctly, but they only got one piece of evidence. They never. Um, found anything else after that. So they just kind of huh. stopped. They didn't They didn't go any further into the investigation. Um, and, and that's what I think. I think this particular location has something there. Now, I believe... I'm not sure about the Lutz account. I'm not sure if that's real or not. Because there's there's so many people that say that's a hoax versus that's a real haunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I believe I believe that Daniel went through some stuff. I, mean, I don't know if it was I don't know if it was demonic, but I I'm I'm thinking more toward the DeFeo side that something oppressed. DeFeo into killing his family. Yeah, there's something I don't, definitely going on with DeFeo. Yeah. Yeah. He said, and I and I did say it. Yeah. That that he something told him to kill everybody. Something told him to kill it. Yeah. Um DeFeo claimed that he was guided by malevolent voices in his head. And couldn't control his behavior. That that spells oppression to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that yeah. That's dude. What the hell is up with these fucking flies right now? I don't know where they came from. It was too damn cold for them to be out. How do you feel? I don't know. I feel like there's a bunch Doctor. of flies in the house. Doctor. Hmm. Give me the news. I say. Um. So. Okay, DeFeo family as a whole were victims of the house. However, a look at DeFeo Jr.'s life provides an alternative reading of the events. With an abusive father and a passive mother, the boy's troubled childhood led to substance abuse as an adult. He not only lashed out at his father, but once even threatened him with a gun. 16. The parents... 16? 16. The 
that that's interesting. The parents hoped letting him live at the home and with a weekly stip stipend would help. DeFeo Jr. barely held a job. On the day in question, DeFeo Jr. left work and went to a bar. He kept calling his home to no avail and complained to patrons about it. He eventually left, only to return at 6.30 a.m. when he yelled, you got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. Oh, damn. He didn't even realize he did it. Right. Authorities found all six members dead in their beds, shot with a rifle around 3.15 a.m., and positioned on their stomachs. <clears throat> there was no sign of a struggle, nor were they drugged. No local reports of gunshots well, were logged. Only only the DeFeo's barking, the DeFeo dog barking. That was the only report that they had. And that's so weird. I mean, okay, say he starts at the parents. Yep. And shoots the parents first. Somebody's got to hear it. How do you not hear a gunshot go off in your house? <laughs> and it was a rifle. Yeah. It wasn't Loud. it wasn't like it had a silencer on it or yeah, it, you know, you shot through a pillow. This or something is nineteen seventy four. It's not like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guns are loud. <laughs> yeah. Guns make loud bangs. <laughs> and to find them all laying on their stomachs. I mean did he roll them over after he shot them? I mean Right. Did well? Did he start with his siblings and then move to the parents? I mean, where did he start? That that's I think that's a really good question. Where did he start with the parents and they moved to the siblings? Protect. I it's he wasn't protecting nobody. It it was loud, and you gotta think like. the 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 kids would have. I mean, you hear a gun should go off. You don't just lay in bed. Don't stay in I'm bed. Gonna, I'm going to roll over on my stomach. <laughs> and pretend you're not there. I mean, that doesn't happen. You fucking jump out of bed. You, you, get, see up, what, you get up and you dip. Or you curiosity. Flight or fight, you know. Yeah. Flight or fight. You or There's three things. Flight, fight, or freeze. Or freeze. Even if you freeze, you're not freezing on your goddamn stomach. No. You know, it... Worst case scenario, well, and it was like, it was like they bed. were shot, and then they were rolled over, right? Yeah, that's the feeling I get. But worst case scenario, you hide underneath your bed as a kid. Yeah, or hide in a closet, or yeah, you don't stay in bed. I wouldn't stay in bed. Well, even it, being you that know, young, and the, and the youngest was thirteen. It wasn't like they were children. There were children yeah. to where they didn't. I mean, the oldest was 18 yeah. of the siblings. That's an adult. He, I, like, yeah. dude, there's a gunshot. I need to go. Yeah. I, that's what baffles me the most. And I'm sorry, 35 Marlin rifle? That's yeah. chambered. Yeah. <laughs> it's. How how I I just I don't understand it. How do you kill all six? And all of them were still in bed. Mm-hmm. 
without something else happening. You know what I mean? Was there... I didn't think... There's nothing saying that they were drugged. No, it it actually says that there were no there was no evidence of drugs. Yeah, and no evidence of a struggle. It was yeah. like they just laid there and took it. So weird. I mean, that whole thing is so weird to me. Yeah, to where it's like, how could something not supernatural be involved in what happened with what DeFeo did? I think that in itself tells me there might have been a demonic entity involved with what DeFeo yeah. did. And and that's I'm I'm not even counting with what you know the Lutz is that's here or there. It's so back and forth. It's like it equals itself out. Yeah. But with DeFeo, that right there tells me so much more that that place could very well be dangerous. With demonic activity. Yeah. That, that, the fail murders think, worry me yeah. more than anything than what the Lutz went through. If they even went through anything. Yeah. I would, I would say that place is definitely haunted. Just based off what DeFeo went through. I, well, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that. I don't know if it's still haunted. Because that could have been like an oppression possession for DeFeo. Where the house self might be fine. I don't know. That that's a, That's a different one. That's... What do you think? I mean, do you think it could all be gone now that the defails are gone? Or do you think that there's still something there based off the scar of what happened? Of the defail, of what happened with the defail tragedy. I'm, you know, I'm looking at this and there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that make me wonder if the if DeFeo Jr. was mentally unstable. And that maybe it, that's the reason why he killed his family. It wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, talking to Ralph earlier kind of set me on that path a little bit to work cuz he has to he has to try to determine whether something yeah. is demonic or something is mentally mental illness, uh, yeah, you know, a mental illness or something like that. But I think, I mean, just there's so many inconsistencies with it. I think he was probably mentally unstable, but I think there was also some demonic influence there and uh, and oppression. So I believe, um that the DeFeo's spirits are there. Yeah. For sure. I, yeah. And with the Lutz family moving in right after that, that, that demon was probably still there. Do you think that 
that I think that I think that Daniel was affected by something. Yeah, I think that Daniel was affected by something. Or Christopher. Or Christopher. I think it was it was. I think I think I think the kids were affected by something. But I think that George exploited it. I think George saw money grab. Yeah. Which he did. I mean, he got money from it. I mean, he got a book. He got a movie. He got more than one movie. What do you hear? I'm, I'm hearing moaning in my headset. There is. N- I am not moaning. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured it wasn't you, but it's like it's it's like. Hmm. 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 Leave me alone. I'm sorry. I I think that whole haunting at Amityville has everything to do with DeFeo and not yes. the Lutzes. Yes. But I think the Lutz's kids saw what was going on there. And I think George and his wife made up a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think they exaggerated quite a bit. But I think the kids went through some shit. Yeah. They're, I think the kids, what they went through has nothing to do with what George and his wife claimed happened. Hmm. Yeah. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Like they saw what was really going on and George, his wife and the freaking lawyer were like, Hey, let's make some money and say this happened. What worries me is the priest. Like did a priest really show up there and did the house really tell him to get out? Because other than the story of what George says, I couldn't find anything about a priest that went there. (laughs) Rachel's laughing at you. Hmm. (laughs) Far away. Far away? How far away am I? How far away are you? It was weird. So haunted level. Okay. okay, here here we go. All right. Uh, dang it. Where was it? Too fucking far. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> what? What's too far? <laughs> it said far away. We, we're far away. We're too far away. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, on December 18th, 1975, the day that the real Lutz family was moving into their new home, a Catholic priest, a priest allegedly came by to bless the house, supposedly at the request of Kathy Lutz. And- on October 4th, 1979, a little more than two months after the release of the movie, 
the investigative television program In Search of featured an episode and including an interview with who they claim is the real Amityville priest. He wanted to remain anonymous, so his face was kept hidden. I was blessing the sewing room, says the priest. It was cold. It was really cold in there. I'm like, well, gee, this is peculiar. (laughs) Total white person comment. Oh, gee, this is peculiar. This is peculiar. Well, damn. Um, Because it was a lovely day out, and it was winter, yes, but it didn't account for the kind of coldness I was also sprinkling holy water. And I heard a rather deep voice behind me saying, get out. It seemed so directed toward me that I was really quite startled. I felt a slap at one point on the face. I felt somebody slap me and there was nobody there. Hmm. Unlike the movie, the priest never mentioned encountering fires at the home. At some point after his visit into the Lutz home, the In Search of episode reveals that he discovered unexplained blisters festering on his hand. The priest was later revealed to be Father Ralph Pecoraro, P-E-C-O-R-A-R-O. That's a word. And... And like most things related to the Amityville haunting, his story became shrouded in controversy as well, mainly due to the various contradictory claims he made regarding his involvement with the Lutz family, specifically when he testified in the Lutz versus Weber trial. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. And then right below that, did flies really swarm oh. the priest who blessed the home? And you were talking about flies being mm-hmm. around you. That's interesting. And it says, it says no. The filmmakers could have just as easily had done the flies the way that they happened, says George Lutz, who laughed at the movie's portrayal of the flies attacking the priest. Jansen's book, The Amityville Horror, mentions the swarms of flies showing up in a second-floor room in the winter, but it, it doesn't mention them attacking undecided. the priest. It just said my name. <laughs> it said John. And then undecided, right? Undecided. Interesting. That So so the, the, the account of flies, that's kind of an interesting point because you are having a an issue with flies right now. I don't even know where they fucking came from. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, so, wow. So, so yes, a priest came in apparently right after they moved in. Oh, shit. Uh, But even his story is questionable. Yeah. Even his story is wrapped in controversy because, you know, it seems that he said something different when he testified at the trial. So, all right. So, basically, of everything you've read, and everything we know, even, I, hell, you can even take the movie into account. 
how haunted do you think this place is based off that one to 100? Hmm. I think, I think I'd give it like a, like a middle of the road, like right at a 50. Yeah, I was so right there with you. I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of it's a 50. Uh, danger level for this place. Danger level's interesting. And I murdered. think that's if, if the, if I the think demonic the... activity is still there, that makes it more dangerous. If I... it's just the DeFeo family... Then I, I'd probably give it low 30s, maybe. Which is funny, because I think the danger level of this place is actually higher than the haunted level. I would, If there's demonic activity, yeah, I'd put it like 60, 65. If, no, there, I, if yeah, there's a thinking, demon still there. I was if thinking right there at 70, but... Yeah. And yeah, I guess it really does depend on whether or not... Yeah, but there's... Um, if there, if there was demonic, if there was a demon, let's let's say devil's advocate, no pun intended. There was a demon that oppressed um, DeFeo Jr. into killing his whole family, and that same demon affected the Lutz family. Let's say that that's true. Okay. If that demon is still there. Then, then yeah, I would definitely ramp up the danger level. But if the demon's gone, it's there was uh, yeah nothing. If really that demon's too... gone, then yeah, it, I think the DeFeo family is still there, personally in spirit. Um, and I I don't think there is much of a danger. But um, DeFeo Junior died in prison. And I think he's probably at that house too. Well, he says he's still alive. God, what did I see? I saw that he did. He finally Wait, pass I'm... away. Um, that's not the right thing. I saw that he passed away on March twelfth of this year. Okay. Oh, this year. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. I was like, last time I was looking into Emmyville, he was still alive. But he had only been in his 60s. 69. Yeah. He, he died at 69. Man, what a great show. Uh, alright so we are over three and a half hours into this show awesome interview with Ralph Sarchi to begin the show in fact we keep talking about it Um, Extra's house probably not really haunted probably no danger level whatsoever there unless you provoke I guess is the best way to put it invite more yeah invite it would probably be a better word Amityville it's got that 50-50 shot 
You know, it's it's it feels haunted. I think it's more haunted by the fails than it is by anything else. Yeah. I have to agree with you there. Um, if it does have that element, I'd probably put it at a 70. You're thinking more 60, 65. Without the demonic element, you're probably putting it around a 30. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yep. I think. Yeah. And I think, and I and I put it at a 30 because I believe DeFeo Jr. is there. Yeah, residual more than anything. No, I think after he passed away, I think his spirit's there. Oh, so it's probably more haunted now than it yeah. was <laughs> since DeFeo Jr. March. passed away. And they're just <clears throat> they just sold it again for like 120,000. Uh All right, so I'm I think I think that's our show, man. I got I think I think that's our show. <laughs> I, I don't know where to go from there honestly I mean that Ralph Sarchi interview was fucking awesome sad sad are you sad that we're ending the show I'm sad sorry. that we have to go um what do you think well, I mean, do you, do you have anything else more to add, whether it be The Exorcist, Amity Horror, Amityville, or even Ralph Sarchi? Do you, do you have anything else to add? No. I mean, I was I, mind blown I, with the interview. And and then Yeah, I mean, what what else can you say about Exorcist House other than or, or even Amityville. I, I think it. I think it's interesting, particularly with the Exorcist House, that we don't think that it's a danger anymore. I think the danger left when and. Roland Doe left. Yeah. Really. I mean, that's that's just kind of how it. Once about the that yeah, once the demon was banished, once the demon was exorcised. Yeah. Roland lived a normal life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the point that I wanted to make with the Amityville house is that an exorcism was never performed there. Never has been to this day as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that makes me think that there might be something still there. No, I'm with you. I, I, I put the danger level at 70 with the haunted level more at 50. Like I yeah. don't, it, it's. It, I think it's haunted. I think Amityville has definitely the big potential. It of definitely being has definitely has spiritual. But yeah, the, the I contra- think there's the definitely... contradiction between the Lutz and everything kind of throws me off a little bit. But I, I that's why I give it that fifty. Uh, yeah the 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 accounts of the hoax and the conspiracy. Yeah, you know, and put the, the bad, the money and all that. Bad taste that, in that the mouth. That puts you know? a sour taste in my mouth. But the danger but, level, I think, is it has that but potential I think, to have that danger I think, level. I think the danger's real there. I think there's something going on. I think I don't know if it's something that would make me want to go there and investigate. I don't know. It might be more nostalgic for me to go. There. More, I mean, might be more nostalgic, like like going to the Exorcist house. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but. It's yeah, it's good. It's um, I think I think that 
the interview with Ralph kind of changed my opinion on a lot of things. It definitely opened my eyes to to a lot. Man, what a great interview. That was so awesome. And I yeah, I think it and I I was actually able to apply what we what we got from the interview to those two houses. Yeah. Most definitely. Um So, yeah, died I loved it. Great, great interview. Ralph Sarchi was yeah. awesome. Want to again thank um, Ralph Sarchi for for doing coming on the show and it, doing the interview. That that was awesome. Yes, it is late. What did you say? It, mine didn't say anything. I bedroom. See. Bedroom. <laughs> no, mine mine has been quiet for the last forty five minutes. Oh, I thought I heard something else say something. Okay. Nope. Uh, Yours is moaning, you mind is saying that. Mine, okay. <laughs> mine is moaning, moaning on the headset, but that's about it. Uh, <clears throat> so, again, thanks for Ralph Sarchi for being on the show. Uh, that was phenomenal and awesome. I can't wait to do something like that again, even if it yep. is just having him on again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd uh, love to see if – well, I'm I'm going to talk to the, the Huertas um, – and they, uh, their paranormal investigator team that works on the Zalad House in Porterville, yep, which is nearby here. I'm going to see if I can get an interview with them yep. and do a paranormal investigation with them, and also possibly have them on the show. So uh, I'm see if I can work that out. But next week, episode, is episode 25, 25, haunted. Object. Haunted Objects episode, which is going to be very interesting. It It is going to be very interesting. So, so, if you listen to the show, if you watch the show, if, if you only just listen to the show, please come on the show and tell us about Haunted Objects that you might have experienced. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's all we're talking about. That's our whole show next week. Episode 25, yep. we are talking about nothing but haunted objects. Um, I know Dave is going to grab a couple from the antique store. From the antique shop. Yep. Um, um, so the ones that uh, I got the biggest impression from yeah, or the most activity from. I I got – I'm working on getting a, a doll, and, and I've also got something else. <laughs> yep. That I got. I, yeah, I also have the the coin bank. Yeah, that has an attachment on it. So um, we're gonna talk about those objects. We're gonna talk about yeah how we came in involved with those objects. Plus, we're gonna be interesting on seeing on how the ghost tube acts. Uh, how the ghost tube acts with with those, with those objects. objects. So. In proximity, please, so please, please come. If yeah, if you guys were, if you guys watched the show on the thirtieth, and you hey, saw an object in the antique shop <coughs> that you think we should do an investigation on, definitely let us know. Us. Yeah, definitely message us. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna pick three objects and and bring them. I'm going to bring them home and put a barrier around them. 
How's Leona feel about that? <laughs> she is not too pleased. <laughs> uh, all right. So I before I forget, want to put it out there. Uh, thank you again to Ralph Sarchi for being on the show. <laughs> that was phenomenal, and I appreciate it. Um, check out his book, guys. Again, he said, don't buy both books. It's the same book. Deliver us from evil. Um, or you can find it as the original name, Beware the Night. Um, check out his YouTube page. Uh, it's freaking... I, Coming I, to get I me. just subscribed to it. Um, go look at his other stuff. You know, uh, Go watch the movie, Deliver Us from Evil. Uh, go watch Hostage of the Dead. Go uh go watch the demon files uh it's it's gonna be awesome uh you'll enjoy it uh yeah deliver us from you i gotta re- get into that book uh thank you to anchor for allowing us to take this audio portion of this live cast and putting out to all our fans out there to spotify google podcast breaker pocket cast radio public they do a great job they do it completely for free so if you ever think about doing your own podcast um go ahead and check them out they are awesome uh thank you again to restream which allows us to multi-stream to multi-different platforms not just our spirits of spirits page but places like twitch uh d live von live and even twitter for us so if you can't catch us on facebook and catches lots of different places uh we are soon to be on itunes with uh apple because i'm getting that all set up so if those people with iPhones that don't listen to Spotify, you can catch us on iTunes for free, of course. Um, the more you listen, the more we're able to do stuff. So tell your friends, spread the word, listen to our stuff. Uh, if you don't get on here and watch us live, at least listen to the podcast because that will allow us to do a lot more things other than sit in our houses and talk about it. So. Close. <laughs> and somebody's close. Uh, I don't know. I don't even want to know. Uh, did you just say something? Mine said work. Uh, yeah, it is a little bit of work. <laughs> so we are going to say goodnight to episode 24. Appreciate it everybody listening and watching uh again tune in for episode 25 it's one of the you know it's a monument it's episode 25 all about attachments to objects so thank you again i am your host john watkins with my host uh david lowe all the way from california uh we appreciate you and you guys have a great night